Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and today we have the return of Dan Colonna. Now, if you remember Dan's previous interview, I don't remember what number it was, but I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, Dan was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and he wasn't expected to survive more than a year, I think, or even less possibly. I, I don't quite remember, but he it's 10 years later. He's still around, and um, he's had some issues with uh, the part of his skull being infected, so he's in palliative care right now, and he wanted to come on to just kind of update people on his uh, health. And uh, I wanted actually to ask him on <clears throat> when I found out he was going into palliative care. Uh, I just thought it might be cool to have him on uh, one last time. And, but, but I didn't want to, I didn't want him to feel like I was exploiting his illness or anything. Uh, but he hit me up and he asked to come on because he wanted to kind of fill everybody in in the dark art society on his situation. So I was like, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so, so that's coming up. Really good interview. Interesting. His story is interesting. He's a great guy, great artist, and I'm happy to have him on again. So, uh, what's been going on with me? I got this, been working on this painting for the LA art show um in february so i gotta get that finished that's kind of my top priority right now and then i've got some other commission work i'm doing that i still didn't get done last year like i was supposed to um but uh i'm, I'm getting there i'm getting there and then that's pretty much it i don't know if you know about my beanie did i tell you about my beanie the logo glows in the dark anyway i just put some of those up at chetzar.bigcartel.com but they're probably sold out by the time this airs maybe not though i only i only put I had a few left i um was owed some from the embroidery place but i am getting more so those should be restocked in the web store maybe uh early next week um i guess that's all that's going on here uh, if you want to support the podcast you can go to patreon.com slash dark art society and uh, join for as little as a dollar get your name read on the podcast this week and i, I think i missed last week so I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna name the last five names um so i may have read a name a couple weeks ago but greg loudon thank you jason tarpley thank you Ian Hawk, H-A-U-C-K, thank you so much. Michael and Eric I, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Really appreciate it. That's how we keep things going around here. It's from you supporters. So anybody who wants to support can do that at patreon.com slash darkartsociety. And um, yeah, you can support my work at uh, patreon.com slash chetzar also enjoying as little as a dollar uh, skull shop s-k-u-l-l-s-h-o-p-p-e I'm using a skull shop skull for this painting back here for reference 
Um, if you join at the $5 and above level, you get a, a 20% discount code for Skull Shop. S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. All right. What am I forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting something. I do this every episode. I just cannot remember to make a little post-it note that has all the things I need to say. Oh, well. Okay. Anyway, let's get on to uh, uh, my interview with Dan Colonna. Hope you enjoy it. All right. Thanks. What's up, Dan? Hey, Chet. How Dan, are you? Dan the man. Dan the miracle man. That's yeah. what I always call you. Dan. I'm <laughs> on this side of the grass. But... <laughs> Fancy dancy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how you doing? Um, doing pretty well, considering. You look good, Especially considering for sure. considering a lot. Yeah. yeah. You look great. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks. I got... Uh, all that fucked up shit going on. So, um, yeah, you know, mornings are rough, but I feel pretty good most of the day. I mean, I definitely get hit with some heavy fatigue from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, I sleep well, some, some nights I sleep more than I've ever slept in my life. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, but, uh, but being nine, 10 hours kind of thing, mm-hmm. I know some people that's their normal sleep, but I've, never been that person uh, yeah right but uh yeah well so do you want to just to get it out of the way you want to like tell people that maybe haven't heard because you've been on the uh, podcast once before and uh just to give people a rundown of your situation a quick rundown of sort of like where you're at how you how you got there how you got here and 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 all that sure yeah sounds good go for it and uh i think I think in one of your recent podcasts, you said uh, getting 2023 passed is such a brutal year. I'm like, it's one of the two worst years of my life. That's for freaking damn sure. <laughs> we'll get to that now. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So in 13, I was uh, working, felt healthy. You know, I, was, uh, I was actually jogging, training for a marathon, all kind of crazy shit. But, and then, one day, get this weird thing sensation, and I turns out, you know, we go to the hospital. And I had a a what they call a lesion on my brain, but uh, that we found out by the end of the day that uh, it was probably a cancerous tumor, and they needed to do surgery. They were ready to do it like the next day. I'm like, give me a chance to freaking think about this. You it's know, crazy. Like, and and I was always. Uh, like I was always like, like yeah. If, if I ever found out news like that, I'm not gonna just rush in this, you know, just rush right in. But then it's like, I'm in that situation, and it's my brain, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I rushed right in. That. I didn't go to I I didn't go to surgery the next day. I had to put it off till like this is a Sunday. I wanted to do surgery Tuesday, and it was like Wednesday, Thursday before they actually sliced in me. But uh, yeah, so. Um, turned out it was a glioblastoma, which is very aggressive and, uh, 
I luckily we caught it when it was small enough they were able to get all or most of it out. Um, I, I'd say all at this point, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, but um, most people they gave me a diagnosis of like like basically a year, I think a little less to a little, like whatever. But uh, and that was like I said, 2013, so ten years ago. Um, or 11 years ago now crazy um yeah and um when i hit my 10 year mark it's getting a little scared i'm like i don't know why but hmm. i'm just like is the 10 year mark gonna be <laughs> you know it's yeah. like nobody makes it there you know so yeah that's but, a, that's uh, the thing I, thing to point out too maybe is how rare it is is yeah is how, how rare it, it is to make it that long yeah, it's very rare for people. I, I was, I think I was told, one of my doctors told me I was um, one of less than, a, I was one of less than 1% of people who would get Leos that la- that survived 10 years. Wow. And there's one person, I mean, I was trying to find, there's no, there's no data written or that I could find where it talks about people who survived like much longer than that or whatever. But I did find there's one one lady um, who's at the 20 year mark and she's still alive. Oh wow! I have no idea what her quality of life is like or anything like right. that. I mean, yeah, be she's alive but in a bed or whatever. But uh, right. she might be freaking, you know, doing jumping jacks right now. You know? <laughs> 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 Cart, cartwheels in the lawn. <laughs> Actually, sled riding at this point. <laughs> we, got, we, we got our first flurries today. Oh, yeah. Very, very light. Yeah. It's windy as fuck. Cold out there. Yeah. But I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have it. Have uh, mild winters. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're typically not real bad, but we usually get a bit of snow here and all that. But, anyways, get back to our story. So, um, I made it to the 10 year mark and, and I get regular MRIs every few months just to make sure that it doesn't come back because they have such a track record. Why people don't survive that long. They have such a track record on, um, you know, not doing, you know, not making it that far. Let mm-hmm. me disclaimer. Part of my head's been removed. I went through a lot of surgery. So there's words that I will probably, especially if there's more than two syllables, hmm. <laughs> I'll either mispronounce or need help with, or okay. I might be in the middle of a sentence and just be like, full of chat. Yeah. Well, what was <laughs> I I know. It's like, I don't have any excuse. <laughs> At least you have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so just, uh, yeah, focus this concentration. It's like, that's one of the beautiful things about painting is, you know, I put my headphones on and paint. Yeah. But, uh, so, but anyways, at my 10 year marker, um, or I should say the first MRI of 2023 was, um, was the first time that it was different in almost 10 years after the initial surgery, there was this, uh, there was a fluid buildup between my brain and my skull mm-hmm. and they don't know what it was, but they're kind of like, well, you know what? He's doing fine. Let's 
typically people go through multiple surgeries. So they're like, well, you know, next time we cut them open, we'll deal with that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 10 years go by and that's still there. And it wasn't caught. Well, we didn't think it was causing any problems, but I, they, and I'll get to how it was removed and everything else in a minute, but they, uh, my seizure activity has gone down like 90%. Like mm. I have hardly any. So it was pushing on something that wasn't happy. Um, is my, you know, my, uh, Google doctor <laughs> analysis, but, but, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, so when they went in or so the scan showed there was some differences, um, some little areas that flared up and they wanted to go in get biopsies. And then it was like, okay, finally, and we can go ahead and clean all this shit out because they, the surgeons, when they first saw that on the scans, the ones who like when I moved back from, when we moved from Italy back to the States, that's when we came and started going to Duke. Right. And uh, my doctors in Florida, they had seen it, but and were aware of it. But so when the Duke cert my mycologist when he saw it, he didn't really. It's been that way, whatever you know. Um, when the surgeon saw it, he was kind of like freaked out. Like, how are you still standing? What the fuck's going on here? Wow. And he was ready to do surgery, and then I'm like. Well, I don't want to get opened up. As, you know, I've been living with this for ten years, and, and we didn't know. I way no way of knowing if that had anything to do with my seizures. In fact, I, the one reason I didn't even think it did is because I was. <clears throat> excuse me. I went to uh, Cleveland Clinic through a horrific week of tests, um, and uh, they were trying to find the epicenter where you know, to see if they can do surgery to remove the the point that was causing the, the seizures. And mm. they, when they did find it, it was too close to the motor strip to make it, you know, worth the risk. Right. So, so we just carried on. But, uh, um, so anyways, back to this year now. So they, they see the flares. So we do a surgery and they, um, they got the biopsies and all that stuff. So they were digging around in my brain. And then they took, the doctor said he'd never seen anything like it, that area that was calcified. He's like, I have no idea what it was. I mean, it was probably liquid and just typical body fluids or something Mm -hmm. that got trapped in there. And then after 10 years, it was just like, calcified something or other and wow. just weird shit so yeah, trippy um yeah they were pretty like yeah nursing anything like yeah they've said that a lot over your over the yeah. years right <laughs> yeah i remember so, you telling yeah. me they're like constantly like we don't know there's no precedent for this yeah you know and uh yeah and and some of it too like early on when i in 2013 a lot of the stuff when they're like, Oh, you're going to die next week, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they, um, I was doing like my wife around is really good with research and she's just into like herbal medicine and stuff too. And mm-hmm. so she did a lot of research on alternate ways and, um, of dealing with things. And one of them was the ketogenic diet, which at the time it was like, the only people who heard of it were people who are little kids with seizures because that's how they, that's one of the 
the way they keep them controlled. Hmm. But it was like now it's like you do a Google search on or YouTube search for ketogenic diet and you get all these like you know buffed up uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> stuff that's like you can't find anything medical. Yeah. But um um so it's uh um but anyway I did that and the theory behind it is you know, once your body goes into ketosis um your body starts burning um the carbs and uh and and sugars and all that stuff instead of fat mm-hmm. so um so they switch over cancer cells aren't smart enough to switch so they can they need that sugar and carbs and all that stuff to mm. keep feeding and, and uh, so doing the keto diet um kind of starved them mm-hmm. maybe maybe not i don't know <laughs> so <laughs> not sure what part of this worked or whatever but, uh, right but yeah it uh it's a horrific diet as far as you know what you can and can't eat and the amount you can and can't eat and all that stuff but um i uh i did it for with a nutritionist real hardcore low cal- caloric i mean it was like eating very very small amounts um of food and and i forget how many grams of carbs a day but it was it's like 17 or something crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, in fact, I read something somewhere. Um, if, if you're, uh, if you're doing the keto diet and think it's great, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not supposed to be pleasant. <laughs> if you're yeah. doing it right, it's not going to be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, it, it definitely like to do a true keto diet, very many, I mean, a lot of people say they're doing it, but like, it's probably not the case. But anyways, right. this isn't about the diet talk. Um, <laughs> it, but I do think that's a big, uh, could be a big part of why I was able to survive and mm. as long as we did. But uh, ten year mark, they you know they saw those changes and went in, and um, after the surgery, you know, of course things are pretty surreal <laughs> they were digging around in my brain and stuff so that uh that was in february february 27th is when i had my first surgery of 2023 and like i said that was to get the biopsies and you know, clean that out um a month later almost to the day of getting home i uh i bent over and i felt water coming on my head and like and like found out what what the fuck's going on and it was just like a little hole inside of the like probably size of a cigar head or something wow and it was just you know through the skull through the um i don't know if it's through the skull but it was definitely through the skin and so i called got a hold of the got a hold of duke was it, in, was it stitched up? No, no, no. This had nothing to do with the stitches. It was just, uh, um, well, it might add something to do with, it. no, actually, I take that back. It was just like five days before that, I had an appointment with my you know, general physician for keep her up to date with what's going on. And she's like, well, come in. It's been a while. And she looked at it and I was like, wow, the stitches are looking good. It's healing up. And, and every time 
well, those first several times they're like, wow, man, because it looked like it healed up really good, really quick. Mm -hmm. And then all hell breaks loose. So right. it was like, so we called the doctor. This is a Friday night. Rhonda's Ron, best friend had just gotten in from into town. They had concert tickets and they were just going to have a nice relaxing weekend. And, wow. Um, and then, so I'm like afraid to like, you know, their hospital's like, yeah, you need to come on in here. And, and uh, I'm like, all right, yeah, maybe I'll just go to the local. Then they're like, nah, I think you should come in here. And so then I'm like, okay. And kind of left it ambiguous. And then they called me back and they're like, we're not expecting you because this is at like 10, 11 o'clock on a Friday night. And that's four hours from, we live in Asheville and I go oh. to Duke and Durham. Wow. So, um, they're like, we, we don't want you to have to drive through the night, but we, if you get here first thing in the morning, go to the emergency room, we'll have your name down. We'll get you right in. And I'm like, wow, ER appointment, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but, but sure enough. So we said, okay, yeah, you know what, let's do this. And, um, we made the ride, got down there and, uh, um, you know, they're just like, it's, you know, they start like it's infected or whatever. And uh, so they're like, we're going to have to, you know, I don't remember exactly, but, um, you know, they had, they, whenever they do any surgery where there's an infection of any sort, they bring in the infectious disease people who mm. are, who don't really do anything outside of the lab and testing things. But they're considered, and they don't have surgeons, but they're considered the most powerful surgical um, team in the hospital wow. because it's like, you know, you don't, if you go in with an infection, you don't leave until they know, you know, have proper antibiotic or whatever. Right. So it was, it was just like five or six days or whatever. I was in there waiting for uh, the reports and then they gave me antibiotics for it and sent me home. And, and uh, um, I was like, you know, I couldn't. My left side, which is since 2013, my left side's kind of, uh, I don't have full control of it and, mm. and that. Um, and uh, two years ago, I had a seizure. I'm sorry, I'm going back and forth. This it's shit, all right. But, um, so two years ago, I had the seizure, and then I went paralyzed on the left side of my body. So I have a stroke. And oh, God. All the hospital I don't know if we went right to ER. I think we called the doctor first. And he said, because Rhonda did a quick search online, because we were thinking, okay, we got to go to the hospital. And she's like, sounds like you have Todd's paralysis. And, you know, it's like, and basically you have a seizure and it takes like two hours for part of your body to recover from it. But I was just like completely, you know, whatever. So, mm -hmm. um, um, but uh, talk to the doctors and, you know, they're like, yeah, it's tough paralysis. And, you know, it's just, uh, you might get them from time to time, whatever, but they usually don't last more than two hours. And um, like, okay, I could deal with that. Um, and since then though, that was two years ago and the mobility and control I have of my, you know, the dexterity of my hand has just been decreasing, mm. which, it is very frustrating. Um, but, yeah. but the whole thing is frustrating. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, but, uh, 
Um, so was I back? Oh, so I had this surgery. They once they got things back, they gave me the antivax, sent me home, and it was almost like a month to the day later. Um, I I remember I started feeling fluid, or there was like I think woke up and there was like some it just like it was never pus or anything. It's just like uh, I forget what they call it, but it's basically the water, everything that our bodies are made of, except for like the actual solid parts. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, serous fluid, that's what they call it. So um, not serous XM, serous. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, um, they, um, so they had it, they're like, okay, we're going to have to do another surgery. So yeah, they're like, yeah, we got to go in there and flush all the infected fluid out and we'll just, you know, and, they, and then they're thinking, okay, we will probably re- I don't know if this is the one where they were, they re- the first one they removed, um, there was this hardware and stuff that was up there. I think they removed that when they did cleaning everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so there was, and there wasn't a whole lot, but there was a couple like, you know, screws and bolts and, break a sign shit but um they uh so they did another surgery and they removed part of my skull because they realized okay it's the skull it wasn't just the hardware that was causing the infection but the skull is infected weird and it was infected from the radiation which they gave me when 10 uh. years earlier so the radiation to keep me alive is ultimately that's killing me now but right. at least it's not glioblastoma, so they're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> not, not directly. <laughs> Sorry. Like I said, bitter old Dan. <laughs> bitter old Dan. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Um, so I guess kind of short stuff it was like they they did they sent me home every time i'd get out of the surgery it's kind of i'd have to relearn how to walk you know use oh really yeah yeah because my left side i mean they they're doing some pretty weird things i mean the first time was the first and last time were the hardest because they're the most aggressive surgeries the first one was more was mostly on my brain um it's just I mean, like were, from the they the... doing all that stuff but it's just uh and they had me on steroids for this to keep the swelling down and right so they had, um, it's like you think it was like the the trauma to the brain from just the cleaning and all that stuff makes yeah short... and they, they were actually cutting into it too they oh. The biopsies. oh okay yeah, okay so, yeah so yeah. Uh-huh. i mean how they weren't like digging around in there but they would you know exacto knife or whatever and you know tweezers or something yeah yeah exactly how they do but just little tissue samples from the spots yeah the areas where they saw spots so okay i think even if they tested that for one it probably fuck you up for a while yeah <laughs> um but um so i am i i ended up i had six I had five, six, or seven 
brain surgery this year. Uh, uh, Damn. Lost That's insane. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, the, the one good thing. So hospital food, you know, hospitals are notorious for their food. The first time I went in there, the shit, like I wouldn't feed it to a rat. It was, it was so bad. Really? And then sometime in that month between my first time there and second time there, it was like they got a whole new system down. And I'm like, this is actually like, I mean, it's not great food, but it's it's better than fast food. <laughs> it's like, you know, and it's like, you can tell it's being made there, uh, to, you know, to an extent, you know, I'm sure it's like yeah. frozen, dropped in the fryer or whatever, but, uh, um, so excuse me. but um so the food definitely got better which um i ended up uh <laughs> eating for breakfast i pretty much had like a banana and an apple every day <laughs> i'm not used to eating so much it's like every day at eight o'clock boom Right. Here's breakfast, and then it's like at noon. Here's lunch, and then at, <laughs> at six o'clock, here's dinner. I'm like, what the hell, man? And, uh, and then they'd come back, and Rhonda was like, uh, she would bring me meals from outside, in which they were, I wasn't on a restricted diet of any sort, so they were fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was getting some some real food too, but. Um, but that was also leaving more stuff on my tray that they would bring back to the kitchen. And then they'd see this guy hasn't eaten anything. So now every day the nutritionist nutritionist is coming into the room. It's like, are you eating? You need to, you know, you, you need, need a lot of meat. You, you know, you need the protein to heal. And, yeah. And, uh, okay, great. Um, and then they're like, and how about, have you tried these? They little bottles, like, they're not protein shakes, but they're like um, insure. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, some something that's supposed to give you energy in that. And right. they would have those as breakfast items, and they just kept appearing more and more, piling up <laughs> on my tray. As I was, as they were seeing me not eat, it's like we gotta get some you now, and so I just kept pushing them in the cabinet. I had. <laughs> whole shelf full of them <laughs> like if i leave them on the tray they're gonna be back here getting shit about hide them under the bed <laughs> but um yeah so um but uh yeah it was uh pretty crazy i think uh then i it was between my last second to last surgery and my last surgery i was yeah so i come home and it was only a month same as the other ones but i guess i got used to relearning or you know and there was the same thing they were just going in and infection would come back somehow or another um and, and like what was happening is it wouldn't heal so my basically my you know it just wasn't healing the skin that the, the incision the incision wouldn't the heal. The incision was, I mean, it would start healing look really good and then it would just stop. And then hmm. it was like, some, like, uh, I guess it was after they removed a piece of my skull. And then it was like, just, it was failing the flap, they call it. And it was failing, it was collapse. Hmm. Um, and I would just have this like 
big, huge divot, hmm. which I still do. It's that, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy. When I cough, if I put my hand in when I cough, actually, you can see it in the mirror thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's trippy man that's pretty trippy circus <laughs> trick <laughs> but uh but uh yeah that was pretty wild and uh um but oh, i was saying so in between my second to the last and last surgery i came home and going to physical therapy all you know which have been for years now um just mainly my left side um my my arm has it. I think my hand has it the worst, but I might just notice it the most because that's what I use the most. But mm. it's uh, my left my left leg and mm. foot got a lot weaker. And you're so, you're right handed, you know. right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd be left handed by now, though. It wasn't so. Yeah, right. Bluebird out there right now. So, um. <laughs> No bird talk this um, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The last time it was all roosters and baby birds. <laughs> I think there was a pet dog in there somewhere too, yeah. or something. <laughs> but, so, um, but um, I recovered. That, like I said, between those last two, I recovered really well, um, and I was com- we were coming home each each time, and and. Uh, so I recovered really well, and then um, to the point where I was going, you know, when I make it a half mile, when I get a mile, and just you know, by a week and a half into it, I was walking two miles a week or you know, two miles a day. Hmm. Um, you know, it might have been a little longer than that, but uh, you know, I walk. My physical therapy is less than a mile from me. They're like, oh, that's know, cool, three quarters of a mile or something from here, so. I would walk there, hmm. which I can't wait till I can start doing that again because it's just <clears throat> um, not being able to drive anywhere. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and, you know, thank God. I mean, Rhonda had a f- and quit her job, which really sucks. Because, wow. I mean, she, I'm her full time job. Right. One of, part of her, you know, one of her full time jobs now. Um, and especially over the, you know, when we first got home, it was even worse. And, yeah. Um, but, uh, but at that time I was home, I was painting. I think I painted more that month than almost any other month in the past 10 years. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, so I was feeling like really good and it's like, all right, that's this. Cause they, they had also brought in a, um, a plastic surgeon for that, the surgery, the second to last surgery. I think it was the first time they brought him to help him like figure out the best way to shut this thing so it'll stay shut. Mm-hmm. And uh, but because the infection was, you know, and they removed the bone because the infection was there, and then I don't know if they, I don't remember if they know where the infection came from. Um, I should have Rhonda in here with me too, so she because she, <laughs> she knows this stuff. I you know, I bet, yeah. But, uh, um, but uh, they um, they so they went so they he tied things up. I mean, he did the little extra cutting. They used to so something they did just in the change in the last ten years. They would do like 
my incision is like a big upside down new horseshoe, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, now they don't do that. They do more of a like just shallow. It's like it's probably a bigger scar, but it's like from like across the side of the head that way. Okay, more like a crescent. Uh, And yeah, and the reason being, like with mine, it's just big use. So there's only one opening for the fresh blood and and all that to feed the brain or the uh the bone and the you know and the scalp and all that and um but so with the new ones you know they can come from all directions mm. still except for you know all except for one mm. so so that's a big difference they made in the last 10 years um with how they go about things which is pretty interesting yeah but, it is. Uh, yeah um so the but anyways when they did the last surgery um the they really i I mean my it was right at the dura which is the motor strip like they had to watch out because it was right there and uh the plastic surgeon he did an extra cut hoping to whatever (laughs) I i didn't get a lift but you know, <laughs> but, oh, I thought you looked good. <laughs> I had to put some color in me too. <laughs> but um, no, so they they did. So there was the U, but then on the top top of one of the like it was almost a, or almost a, re- a rectangle, three sided rectangle, but not quite as uh, that aggressive. But from like one of the cornerish areas, they. But it cut out, which was, I don't know, just, they, I think what they do, they're rotating my skin, trying to get healthy skin, which they did the surgery before that, but it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So they got it more aggressively and they rotated my skin. Wow. Um, which surprisingly didn't affect like my, you know, I mean, this is all fucked up up here anyways, but, uh, um, it wasn't anything that noticeable other than the extra scars. Um, hmm. I looked, looked like one of Clive Barker's characters when I first got out. Of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw a picture. But, yeah. But, um, set a bite. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they, um, so after they did all that for healing and everything that, I had been pushing for was hyperbaric chamber, which I, I don't know if I mentioned, but I was doing that with, you know, with radiation. I think I t- said that earlier. Um, and that was to protect my brain cells and help, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But did I, did I talk about that earlier or no? I don't think so, but I think maybe last, okay. maybe last time. Yeah. It's probably last time. Go and listen to the other one. If yeah. <laughs> if you want the full yes, story. Yes. Listen to part one for the full, full explanation. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, that was the first 10 years <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or no, the first eight years or whatever. Cause that was right. 20, was that 20 did that? I can't, yeah, it's, I can't believe time yeah, flies. Was, yeah. It was in, but, um, yeah, so they, um, they, they, yeah, they did all that pretty aggressively and, um, I just felt, horrible um 
and they uh, and I had to be on antibiotics. So once again, they keep sending the um, they kept sending every time samples off. And the one time they found like one of the times they found something different was it wasn't um, it wasn't uh, an infection. It was a uh, um, almost like not a rash, but I don't know what you I can't think of the word for it. But, but anyways, it was like there was the hole had opened up on top of my head, and to the point where like when I went in there and saw the surgeon, he's like, he's like, yeah, I think if I poke in there enough, I can hit your skull. So we won't do that, you know. Wow. And and I kept. I mean, this there was this hole that was opening. And I kept like every day I was sending pictures to the plastic surgeon team. Like, is this okay? And uh, this fellow there is like, yeah, that's, that's normal. I'm like, I don't think that's normal. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, we're going to see you in a week anyway. So just wait, you know? So, and then when I went in there, like I said, there was um, the, the extra, whatever the word I can't think of was, uh, um, it was just from like, like that skin and you know just that environment, yeast, things mm-hmm. like that that would get in from natural sources and whatever. So I'm on, um, I'm on something to control that. And then the antibiotics I'm on is just fucking crazy um, amount. But so I guess let me go back to that last uh, after the last surgery. I was laying there in bed, um, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not doing this again. If this one doesn't work, I'm just uh, gonna just because it felt so bad and you're see, sick I of just, it. I, yeah, I'm like, I'm not dying in a fucking hospital room. Right. And I'm just, I'm looking at these walls for a month at this, or actually, that was February, so it was, I think, September. September, October. Mm-hmm. So I was in and out. And at one point, they got like after that last surgery, um, they were figuring out the antibiotics. So they just put me on like, through intravenous, through something that just uh, kills anything and everything, including me. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, but it was just kind of to cover all the basis of any kind of infection it could be mm-hmm. um, until they got the re- you know, the results from the uh, lab back and uh, and when it came back it's like okay I need to be on this one and this one and they're being infused through my IV and so one of them was a five hour infusion wow twice a day. Oh my God. And then there was another one that was only a one hour infusion, but that was also twice a day. And it had to be spread out at a certain amount of time. So it's like 12 hours and a day? 12 hours a day with, uh, and, and, but, but all broken up. Right. And it had to have a certain amount of space. And they're just trying to figure out, you know, doing this in the hospital. And then they, they started doing hyperbaric chamber therapy as well um just to help this heal up Mm -hmm. um and so they they couldn't let 
couldn't let me out of the hospital because they couldn't figure out. And they had all kinds of people working on it. And it got to the point where it was like somebody started an email chain and then it got or text, whatever it was. And it ended up way too many doctors and people who were kind of involved, but shouldn't have been, shouldn't have made a difference at this point. Mm -hmm. So anyways, it was like, um, the whole email text, whatever chain, dozens and dozens of people from every department and they're all wanting for, you know, I don't know if it's ego based or just, you know, whatever they're wanting to get me out of there. I want to get out of there, but they couldn't figure out a way to make it. And I started doing um, hyperbaric, hyperbaric chamber or you know, hyperbaric therapy is uh, proven to really help heal speed and make them more properly just heal whatever um and most insurance companies won't pay for it mm. but there are certain times where they will cough up the money and this was like head injury and all that so they did the doctors wanted me to go twice a day and uh and i was for a short while and that's should have been the whole fucking time. And I would have been out of there a lot faster. Yeah. Too. But it ended up like the insurance company wouldn't approve it. And then one day I was just walking in and there's one guy, I mean, there's always a bunch of people in the hyperbaric area. Um, like some are researchers and doctors and just the ones that run the, the thing. <clears throat> and there's one guy who I didn't realize was a doctor. He's like, hey, wait, wait, wait. And, like, what? and he starts looking and he calls you know, somebody else over and they're like, yeah, I think so. So I'm like, wait, what's going on? And he saw something in the way it was healing that it was like they had enough information that they could send in the insurance companies that would get them, that would convince them, yeah, this is a two days is, or two a day is, is the best way to go. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was basically in hyperbaric chamber or in bed getting IVs for my whole day. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, um, but that, uh, <laughs> this is people off like from the different departments would come to see me from like physical therapy and whatever. And or just checking. <clears throat> I was never in my room. So as a hyperbaric <laughs> chamber was three hour process. So wow. six, six hours of my day when I was doing it twice a day was I wasn't in my room. It was like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? So all of a sudden one afternoon, it's like, Oh, your session is canceled. I'm like, anyway, canceled for what? It's like, Oh, cause you're never here. You need to see you, you know? And then not, nobody even really came and saw me anyway. So, but, um, but so, unfortunately, somebody said something on this list that got me off the twice a day or got them to look a little harder. I and um, this guy was a tool, but yeah. those other things he did that um, were just uh, it was it was a bit of a harassing doctor. Yeah, you know, that would show up at my bedside at six in the morning and start asking me all these questions like, you know, and he was trying to be the one to, I don't know if he was trying to get credit for like, oh, 
I'm going to be the one who, who releases him. So I'll get credit for for the surgery being oh a success God. because of the team. I, I don't know what it was. Yeah. It was some kind of ego thing to do out there. But somebody on the list, Rhonda got a hold of, and she was really helpful. And and the thing that was holding up is they just couldn't figure out a way to be able to cram all the different things I needed in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and during this time, we're living at this – well, I'm in the hospital, but Rhonda was living at this place – which Duke has, it's a big, gigantic house with like a couple of dozen hotel rooms in it. Um, and they do all this, I mean, it's it's a great facility, but being there for very long is really depressing. Yeah. And it's also like you can't, cause, well, everybody in there is either sick or caring for somebody who's sick. Yeah. So, so they all want to hear your story and want, you to listen to their yeah. story and and uh and then it's like you know you can't just go sit on the porch and have a cup of coffee because by the time you're done making your you know well, I'm drinking but Rhonda was like by the time she gets done making her coffee there'd already be people like so how, what are you doing today yeah it's like you yeah. know it's just like no no like privacy other than when you're in this tiny little bank mm-hmm. hotel room kind of yeah thing. So, I mean, it's it's great that they had that because people come from all over the world to be there. Right. And some were there for months. Mm. But uh, but after the first couple of weeks, um, and she was like, 90% of the time she either at the hospital or, you know, going back and forth. A couple of times she would drive back in like in one day, drive back to Durham or to, you know, um, our house in Hendersonville and then back to Durham that night. And, um, and it was, we finally were like, you know, it was just after quite a bit and they're like, um, they put to, for my antibiotics, they put a um, central line in, which was just basically, it's kind of like, you ever hear people at ports and stuff that Mm -hmm. they're given like, you know, something like that. It's just this thing that goes on my chest. They originally had one in the arm, Caused a blood clot, so then they had to move it over to my chest. Um, it wasn't a big deal, but that's how I ended up getting all that. But being on that, then Rhonda can give me my uh, medications at home. Okay, I, yeah. So it's like a like a little plug where you can just inject it without yeah. having to inject your skin. Because it's right, it, and the things are cool. I think I threw them out, but they they didn't they shook up to nothing. Oh, here's what that. It was it's pretty crazy. So they're just these balls that are pressurized, and they have a tube coming out of the end that has where you know screws onto the to the cap. And uh, once you open it, the pressure just you know if it's five hours, one hour, however long, it just automatically you know takes it in. Um, oh wow! It takes that long to infuse. And what was cool too is like. It wasn't the most comfortable always, but when it's just, you know, I could put it on and we can go do things. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. The ball in my pocket. And, you know, so. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely better than sitting in the hospital for it. But, um, but so they figured out with doing that and various other things that they were going to be able to let me out of the hospital. Um, <clears throat> and, 
But then it's kind of like we wanted to be near our doctors because we were having to see them on a pretty regular basis. And I was going through the hyperbaric chamber. And the hyperbarics there are freaking, you know what, you know hyperbaric chambers are, right? Or Kind of. Kind of like yeah. the oxygen chambers or something? Yeah. It's like if people get the bends, that's what they put them in, you know, like mm-hmm. from coming up too fast, scuba diving or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and that's what everybody knows them for, but they're like, that's like 7% of our business. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, um, but like I've been in the one I did in Orlando, I was just like, it was almost like being in a coffin with a little window on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, (laughs) which I'm not claustrophobic. So I get MRIs all the time and shit. Right. bothers me. Um, but, uh, they, so, but the way they have it there, they have seven chambers, I think, and they're, I did, I had sessions in, two of them are for research only, um, three of them are for patients, um, and then, I don't know, they've got some spares, I, I think there's one, in, there's one that only holds one person, and it's in between, like, they're all connected. But if they needed to bring somebody for whatever reason, um, like up to pressure, but instead of having to close the whole thing down, they can move them into there, mm-hmm. the, you know, bring them up separately or whatever. But um, but the the main chamber was really cool. <laughs> it was a fourteen foot um, fourteen foot diameter sphere. Wow, like cast iron or something. And that was like just cut in half, and that was the floor. And so you'd be talking, and you'd hear somebody behind you. You look, and it's like, oh, that's people over there. You know, oh wow! The room and stuff. <laughs> but it sounded—I mean, it's like the acoustics in there were crazy. It's cool. But um, but so what they do is instead of having to, um, um, so anyways, the the medication side or what it's used for, it's like so they bring you to a pressure you know higher pressure than like you know um an atmosphere underwater you know the pressure that you feel on you you know it's like your ears you go bottle of a pool your ears start you know it's kind of like that Mm -hmm. as you're going down you got to keep equalizing and stuff um but then once they pressurize the room to where whatever it needs to be then you know the the original ones i was talking about that was in that little like coffin type thing that's that's once you know the whole room or the whole thing is just feeding oxygen mm-hmm. but at this one they give you they have these like hoods look like a devo hood or something wow <laughs> it was uh <laughs> it, it it was like it almost looked like you had five gallon bucket over your head that was clear oh wow <laughs> so <that's, laughs> and then they would have and they would have like that a gasket that would hold it like right on your Huh. So to keep the air out, and then they would pump just uh, pure oxygen into it. Oh, wow! And uh, and oxygen, especially under pressure, very flammable. So it's like oh, yeah. a lot of precautions they have to take going in and out and all that kind of thing. And can I wear certain? You can't wear a wool sweater because that static electricity can blow the whole. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, it's like crazy, but. Um, but it's really good for, I mean, 
it should be used for a lot more than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it was amazing. I mean, what's fucking crazy is there was different people in there at different times. Um, but the people that I saw the most, um, or, you know, because it was two times a day they did the dives. And so there was overlap and some people weren't there some days, whatever. Um, but almost everybody in there with, there was one guy who came in in a gurney and he was fucked up. He looked like he was in a bad car wreck or something. Mm. And he was just, he was a mess. And he was just moaning for more morphine and stuff. Oh the whole, whole time. And then, uh, and then there was this one young, like teenage girl or whatever, who had some kind of, had to have some kind of surgery to rebuild like her lips or something. And, um, and so it was like, it accelerates the healing and, huh. and all that. So the guy who came in from the car wreck, like the first couple of days, I'm like, this dude is, he's pretty, he's fucked, you know? And it's like by the second or by the third day, he was talking to everybody. It's like, Hey, wow. And, stuff. <laughs> wow. and I don't know how much, like, I don't know what was wrong with them or whatever. It might right. have just been the case, but it definitely helped. I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah. And like, it's, uh, it's amazing. Amazing thing. Yeah. These are for burn patients too, don't they? To help. I probably. That's what I uh, I thought I heard. They said one of their biggest, one, one of the things they get a lot of, especially this time of year when it gets cold is carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh. And, and like whole families will come in and it's like, Oh, we're all just feeling like shit. And it is like, um, did you have your generator running in the basement or, you know, or it turned, you know, gas, whatever the hell, but they would just like, you know, so, but anyways, hyperbaric chambers, amazing for healing, all kinds of different things. Fortunately, in our wonderful medical system, most insurance companies don't cover them, but, uh, proven or not, you know, it's like, um, so evil. Um, but the one they have at Duke is like, it's pretty old. I think he said, it was in 67 or 66 they started building mm. that thing wow and they they've added on over the years um and it uh it's an emergency one so it's like 24 7 wow um and the only one on the eastern seaboard and there was one guy who was in there um not at the same time i was but he was in like he had to come in for an emergency one night. He was a, a Air Force or a pilot for Navy or Air Force, and the cabin pressure went out. And so oh. I don't know if he had to eject or if he was able to land or what, but pressure going up is just just the opposite of going down. So they can do the same thing yeah. things there at the at their chamber. Wow. But, uh, yeah. So it's pretty cool, and we got it. I gave my father-in-law came to visit, and he got a tour of the thing, and he was ecstatic. And then, of course, oh, I know somebody who worked on this. I don't remember the name. <laughs> but sure, he did. Yeah. I was like, right. um, but anyways, uh, I finally got out of there. We we worked it out, so it's like the whole. Going through all these treatments in Durham, 
I'm like, I want to see the doctors on a semi-regular basis. I don't need them waking me up at 5 a.m. every day mm-hmm. and, you know, just shining lights in my face and then exiting the room laughing like, hey, we got another one. You know? <laughs> but, <laughs> they got to have some fun somehow, I guess, tormenting the patients. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, so, so we decided rather it's like living at that where Rhonda was living is just going to kill her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she would stay at the hospital with me some nights and stuff, but that's, you know, it's comfortable to sleep in a box full of doorknobs or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, so she ended up, uh, we decided and we got the approval from them to, we can move back home. And we're like the few trips that we'll have to make like once a month to see the doctors that we really need to see. We don't need to see all their minions every day. Mm-hmm. We see the main one once, once a, you know, once a month or whatever, and just get them all done on the same day. So that's what we did. We moved back home. There's a hyperbaric chamber hospital with a, with a chamber that's a uh, mile and a half down the road from here. And their chambers are different. Those are for solo and mono, mono chambers, I think they call them or something. But mm-hmm. so it's basically, I'm in a big glass bubble and uh, <laughs> it's, um, you know, the same thing, except for the whole thing's pressurized. Uh, actually, I take that back. They, they had me breathe in um, uh, the oxygen through, like they put something on, you know, so so the whole thing wasn't pressure. Uh, the whole thing was pressurized, but not oxygenated. Mm. Ox- oxygenated. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like I said, too many syllables. That's pretty good, man. <laughs> that's the first. That's the first. Only the first time you've needed help with a word. It's pretty damn good. That's, that's, sometimes I can't. Sometimes I can't remember the word at all, or I'll flip where the syllables go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Look around. The, Did I say that right? Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but uh, so coming home and just doing that through the little, you know, the infusion and stuff. Mm. I'm glad they got that straightened out, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just back in the being back in the mountains and home in my studio and stuff. I just like felt better immediately being mm. out of the hospital. Yeah. The one good thing in the hospital, they they have two inch TV channels, but they had the only one I needed, Pluto, which I didn't realize, but I, I never, I don't really watch TV, and but there's a channel called Pluto. I think it's free, and they have ungodly amount of rock and roll documentaries. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, of, of all sorts. I yeah. mean, there was a Kate Bush one on there. There was huh. a, two diva ones, a residence. Wow. But, you know, it's like okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to get that. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's just the I haven't even checked my TV, but it's one of the apps that pops up when you know on smart TV. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. So cool. I think it's uh just there for now. Yeah, <laughs> right. Cost you a hundred bucks a year, and soon. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they had all those. Uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for those documentaries of or where they're like showing when they re- they got the original recordings. 
Oh make, yeah, mixing board stuff. I, I just, I'm so I into that, man. The, the classic albums series. Yeah, that that's that's it. They have all those on there. I think I've seen every one of those. Even the bands I don't like, I just find it so interesting. Yeah, and they kind of like change the levels, and you can hear the instrumentation. It's like yeah, super cool. Yeah, I I watched the one on like I'm like I hear all these people that I love talk about that. Um, Pet shop or whatever is the, the pet, pet sounds, boys. pet sounds, pet sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it Beach Boys? And I'm just like, I'm like, I'm not a Beach Boys fan, but I'll listen, check this out. Right. And I'm just like, I don't get it. I still don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, hey man, teach their own. <laughs> it's the, it's you know, I think it's the con, the context of when when it happened. Yeah, really, and I think it's cool too that he was just like, you know, I can't do the these tours but you guys keep doing them yeah and <laughs> i'll do the and cool uh stuff. and i'll sit back i mean what basically the beatles did it yeah XTC. yeah see it's just like go in the studio and just have fun yeah that's <laughs> so, how i'd want to do it if but, i was a musician again yeah but um so back on track that okay. that's say my that's say my sanity mm-hmm. spent at the hospital um Couple times I had a view of the chapel and the Duke Chapel. Duke campus looks like Hogwarts, and their chapel is like really pretty. And I had could view that out of my window. That's cool. A couple of the times, and then a couple of times I had like this industrial building, right yeah, <laughs> like a hundred feet away or something. Wow. Else. But um, yeah, night and day. Um, but uh, then you know, when I said got home in the mountains and stuff. Yeah, everything. It's yeah, just, just feels feels good. Yeah, and uh, I am still like at first. Well, I I decided. I said earlier, I decided I'm not doing any more surgeries. And then the next day, before I told the doctors that, I think I might. I don't know if I told anybody besides Rhonda because I wanted to, you know, see if she's cool with that and stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know? And she's totally supportive. It's like, um, you know, I mean, so I went into palliative. Need you again here? Palliative care. Oh yeah, pal- palliative care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, palliative care. So that's so where you're just kept. I said, I'm, kept comfortable. Yeah. It's not about right, curing you; but, just keeping you comfortable as long right. as you're around. Well, this is yeah, but it's kind of the in between getting out of the hospital and hospice. It's like you know they take care of. They'll take care of stuff for me because I'm in palliative care now. Okay. Um, but uh, so, which basically means, um, like, well, well, first of all, I, when I said I was going to do that, they're like, well, that's a good thing because we can't do any more surgery. You know, we're going to tell you we can't do any more oh, surgery. Oh, really? So, yeah. Wow. It's just like, yeah. But, um, and it's mostly healed up pretty well. There's still a couple of holes. This is a crazy story. So the first time I went to the, the hospital here, the doctor was not fully aware of the situation. So she's got her like, well, you know, poker thing and is like, starts digging around, just poking, which they all do to, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just looking in with her light and, and she's, and I, she put something in there and I felt like I heard kind of like, like if you 
clash your teeth together or something. You kind of, it's like an internal sound. Uh-huh. And I'm Ew. like, I'm like, wait, wait a minute. She's like, I'm hitting your, hitting your skull. And uh, I'm like, no, no, you're not. There is no skull there. She's like, well, I'm, whatever they put in, put in place of it. And I said, there isn't any, there is nothing there. <laughs> and as she's doing this, she's like, I'm looking at my left hand, making sure I'm not going paralyzed. Oh my <laughs> God. And I just hear this tink, tink. And they were on the side as soon as I told her, there's nothing there. And she, he said she turned white as a ghost. Oh my she god! Was like, she was hitting my dura, which like the skin around over or something. <laughs> is that is that like like the above That's the surface of your brain, the, kind of? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! Somewhere around there. Wow, <laughs> that's scary, <laughs> man. Like, yeah, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, she it scared the piss out of her. <laughs> I like, you know, um, when. Uh, after that appointment, I'm like, yeah, the doctor, she uh, wasn't very friendly. And then the whole thing. And then the next time we saw her, she was like, she's she's awesome. I love her now. But okay. It was, just like, it was just, I think, just freaked the shit out Breaked of her. Freaked her out, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Good thing you said but, something. Uh, yeah. But uh, so, but like I said, other than those two holes, there's like dirt. They can't figure out what's going on because now they got me on the antibiotics. I got this fluid that, well, I'm getting an MRI on at the end of the month. So I'll find out more of what the, um, uh, my foot's wet and stuck on my rubber mat. What's that? So I said, I, I, my foot's wet from when I spilled the water. Okay. <laughs> We we edited that part part out. <laughs> I'm just pouring water on my floor. Yeah, it's just so, dumping but, dumping glasses yeah. of water out. Um, but uh, they um, the um, what were we saying? I was talking about the doctor. Oh, you like the doctor? She's great. Oh man, I'm t- I'm totally blanking too. <laughs> you know, I'm the wrong person to keep you on track. Interpreter <laughs> here. I think I think your brain functions better than mine. Oh, oh, I I I think what I was saying. So, okay, yeah, here it is. So, I know exactly where I was. Okay. Um, the skin outer part is almost completely healed. I mean, it, as healed as it's well. Take that back. There, there's two tiny holes. Mm-hmm. I still have a little bit of fluid coming out. Now, for a long time, there was a lot of fluid coming out of there, and it's like I said earlier, it's just that watery, serious fluid. Yeah. But uh, I've never had pus come out. And usually, when people have infections, they vomit, they get fever. Right. I've never once, through any of these, have had any of that, which huh. kind of freaks the doctors out. Like. How's that? You know, that, and that, and that? That's a signal to get to the hospital or whatever. Right. But it's like, I just, you know, one, I don't, I refuse to throw up. And two, <laughs> I, I haven't had, I had a fever one day when I was in the hospital. It was my last day there, or the last night I was there. It went up to 102. And it wow. turned out I had COVID. Oh, God. And, and the only symptom I had, was a, a fever for one night. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah. So luckily, I'm not going to wood. That's, uh, 
it doesn't I don't get it again yeah. or, but um um so the the disease infectious disease and specialist she's uh I meet with her through you know zoom basically and um you know once a month and and she you know check my blood and that but uh back to one of those things where it's like okay where is this fluid did it move is it like there's got to be fluid there because it was draining out and it didn't all drain out Mm -hmm. it was very you know um and so they're doing an mri to see if they can figure out where it is or what it's doing and um and then it's probably i mean the only thing that makes any sense is the antibiotics I've been taking, which have been on for freaking off and on for a year now. Wow. And now it's all just through pills. I don't have to do the intravenous. Mm-hmm. But those come with a lot of side effects. And that's yeah. that's the problem. It's like, I mean, it seems to be, I, I mean, I don't know for sure if that's what, what's going on. Something tells me when I get to the doctor, do my MRI, it's still going to be. We're not sure what's going on because that's always mm-hmm. how it is. Yeah. And then, but I did ask her the last time I saw her, I'm like, well, how long can I be on these antibiotics? And they're just like, um, I hate to, you know, I'm not pulling off your answer, but we just don't really have a, any clinical trials or enough people. Wow. The data on people have been on them. So, I, so once again, mutant Dan. Yeah. <laughs> as <laughs> uh pushing another hurdle or something i don't know what the hell's going on crazy but, uh, yeah yeah i mean i thought at one point i thought i was like waiting for a telehealth with my brain surgeon and i thought he was coming on to tell me that yeah you know i got a couple days or a week whatever and and at that moment i was just kind of like it just kind of was like Ron and I were sitting on the floor in my studio and I was uh, just like, I don't know. It came over me and I just like, you know, I'm not afraid of death. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. You know? wow. It sucks. But, but one, if I die now, I've got, I was told that I was going to die 10 years ago. So right. I've done a lot. I've done a lot of fun stuff in the last 10 years. So I don't, I definitely can't complain. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, not that I, I'd like to have a little more time here, but, yeah. uh, you know, that's, of course. Uh, so, but, um, so that's kind of where we stand with all the, that's the update on Dan's latest saga of medical. And like I said, Monday, or I mean, uh, the 30th, when they do my scan, they might show something. Um, I, but if it's still fluid that's in there, or it's and it's only being held at bay from the antibiotics, then I'll probably stay on them until they make it to the point because they he told us at some point a lot of people, you know, most people usually just say okay, I don't want to be on the antibiotics anymore. And I'm like, why would somebody say, I, I mean, I, I get it, antibiotics suck, but 
why would you say you don't want to be on them anymore? And it's like, uh, there's a lot of side effects. <laughs> the side but, effects uh, get worse over time? Is that? Yeah. They, um, I've had, well, I, in the mornings when I wake up now, have, have you ever been in a bad car accident? No. Okay, lucky you. Yeah. Um, not not going uh, Yeah. Um, when, when you wake up, like when I wake up in the morning, I feel like I had a bad accident the day before. Oh, just yeah, like yeah. Every, I, I've, I've been in an accident. Every, yeah, where I've been sore the next day, where all of a sudden you're just sore. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like every bone cell in your body aches. That's and, that's from the antibiotics? And, and I'm feeling, I, I think so. Ah, weird. Jesus fuck. Oh, did you drop it again? <laughs> I moved in the same spot. It's a, that's okay. It's not that big. We can keep going. Okay. <laughs> move that move that glass. I, I am. It's like it was by my left. I told there you, you my go. left hand. I know. If I if I'm not looking at my left hand, I don't know where it's at or what, what it's doing. So but um but okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no problem. I got, I got an excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have to edit that one out if you don't want. Yeah, no, we'll keep that <laughs> in for comic relief. <laughs> but, um, yeah, because you, so uh, you, you were, you know, at that point, uh, you were, you know, you were thinking you, you were, you, because we were texting and you were talking like, are we talking, talking on the phone? And you were saying, you know, you just want to make it to what was it Thanksgiving? Yeah, and then yeah, you're like, I just want to make it. And then, and then you made it, and then you're like, I just want to make it to Christmas, and then you made it to Christmas, and then you're just like, I just want to make it to, 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 to the New Year, and here we are. It's like, you know, the yeah. month is almost uh, over. Now, yeah, now March is my new goal because okay. we got um, my birthday, Rhonda's birthday, a couple of our nieces and nephews, and sister-in-law's birthday. And our anniversary. Oh wow! And the new dunes coming out. <laughs> the new what? The new... the new dunes coming out. Oh, is it? It's like a... <laughs> supposedly. I mean, it's been pushed back a hundred times, so we'll see. But okay. So um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. But uh, yeah, I mean, in the the first ten years, it was like my goals were four years out. Like you know, right. see the kids graduate, and you know, and so now. I I mean I thought from talking to him, the information they gave me I thought I had like a week or two tops and stuff Amazing. so um so I was calling people and saying goodbye a bunch of people a bunch of friends came into town right and and uh, you know the family all came into town and and stuff so and I was like it, the hardest thing is it's like when you saying like you just like hey man all right goodbye see you later right and, and it's like you know hugging these people goodbye and it's like is this the last time is yeah. this the last is this the real goodbye you know? right um so and uh i you know i know it's just uh so that's weird but apparently i'm here for at least a little longer yeah and, um, and you know we were talking too about like well is there anything we really want to do or whatever and i'm like oh like i want to see her see people um and i want to eat really good food 
and and I want to paint. Yeah. And and Rhonda, who's a very good cook, she's actually she's taking care of everything. She's like, like, don't worry about anything. I'll take care of it. Just if it's something you don't want to do in the house, don't worry about it. Just go paint. Wow. And and so that's like been a huge gift. Um, yeah, amazing. Can't figure it out. She's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, um. Yeah. So I. Um. And then things get worse, and you know, well, I'm mean, hoping we don't have to get hospice in here, but right. uh, but or get me to hospice. I don't know what what it'd be, but uh, I'm assuming it's going to come to that someday. But hopefully, it's not for a long time. Yeah. So, um. Who the hell knows? Who the hell yeah. knows, really, with your track record? It's like, it's... it's yeah. How can yeah, you know? That's the thing, too. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, it's like, if they don't have data on... Right. ...being on these... How long people could be on these antibiotics, right. that means I'm, I'm sure there's others that are taking it, too, and maybe even for long term, but it's like, I'm going to be the baseline, so it's not like when they tell me, oh, okay, yeah, the... The fluid's still in there. The antibiotics are working, so keep going. And it's like, am I just going to keep going until I fall apart in the right. or something? You know? Yeah. But uh, right. So, but you know, we'll see one day at a time, man. Yeah, amazing. Um, it's incredible. You never know what's next, so yeah, be ready <laughs> anytime. Take, That's the thing. Always, yeah, always be 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 ready because it can happen. That, anybody anytime that's the that's the thing that 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 i think about is like you know you're talking about saying goodbye to people maybe for the last time it's like every meeting with every person that any of us have could be the last time it's like you just you know but we forget about that it's just like unfortunately you were you have a reminder of 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 that whereas most people like pretending it's never going to happen but it's yeah. going to happen to everybody. It's like, we just don't yeah. try not to think about it. It's a trip, man. Yeah. There's a, it's kind of that whole, I mean, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, mm-hmm. I think, to, to know like, okay, yeah, this, or like if you had a date, like, would that make, like you, if I knew the exact date to me, it'd be more, I'd be able to relax more. Hmm. But I don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> at this point in my life, you know, so it's kind of like, it's, you know, I mean, it's around the corner for any of us at any time. It could be, yep. you know, but at the same time, like, I feel like, okay, it's getting closer, it's getting closer and all this other shit. And it's like, you know, I've been putting names on the backs of all my paintings for who they're going to and mm-hmm. just getting prepared like that um, to make things easier for Rhonda. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and yeah, just got everything prepared for as much prepared as possible yeah and doing that natural burial unfortunately i'm going to be buried and like either i'm not sure if i'm going to do a pine box or just the cloth but there's natural burial ground i'm going to do that in uh florida i thought of my remains they're just remains i don't really give a shit (laughs) really but being in florida and it bothers me, but uh, <laughs> but, hey, that, but that's, that's where all my family's at. So they need, that's where all my family's at, so they can go. They need more good vibes. Them. They need more good vibes there. So maybe you're doing a service. You're bringing <laughs> yeah. your positive energy to Florida forever to remain. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> get, get more dirt over here. There's, there's light coming out. <laughs> so you've so. been, so you've been, um, you know, as much as you can be and kind of enjoying yourself and just painting. And you sent me a couple of paintings that were like, I thought there were some of your best. There were a couple of my favorite paintings that, that you've done. I thought they're awesome, Thanks. man. So has it changed you. how you're painting or what's. Um, I just in this past, like I've been painting as often as I can. Mm-hmm. And I still, it's like, even though Rhonda said, you know, you don't have to do anything. I just feel too guilty to not do anything. Yeah, but, yeah. So, but I'm doing very minimal. I mean, she's picked up, you know, 90% of the load. Right. And, uh, yeah. So, um, so I'm painting one, you know, as often as I can. And, um, but the things now that are, I'm starting to have this other devolving of like, just, it's not so much it, that now I'm having troubles like with, uh, just, well, lighting has been a problem for me for a while, but just, just different things on how things flow. And especially, like colors, like I, I have a hard time telling, like warm and cool. Hmm. Like I could be looking at them, and it's like, is that a cool color? And I know some of them are <clears throat> kind of fine line; they kind of go either yeah. way. But but color colors that I use all the time and stuff, I'm like second guessing myself all mm-hmm. the time. And, that, and uh, so that's getting weird. But uh, but and I thought about doing because I did one that was just. Uh, um, I just use paints gray mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, I kind of, it's definitely a lot easier to not have the color on there, but I just love working with color too, like too much. Yeah. You know, Cause I was thinking, I was thinking, oh, just being monotone. And it's just like, now the, the magic, like to me, it's this magic alchemy of like when you're opaque colors over other opaque colors or transparent colors, you know, men yeah. you know, all over. And it's just like, it's every brushstroke is like a ma- little piece of magic happens. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. And I get that when I'm working, I get that with the airbrush sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But, but the only other medium I ever, like that's the oils constantly airbrush. Um, I don't airbrush that much anymore anymore or at all anymore, but mm. When I was airbrushing that, you know, because so much just real fine, you know, I would imagine watercolor and acrylics. I mean, I, everything you do, I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem so much like, and I could be wrong. Sorry if I am on like pastels and things. And, you know, but dry media seems like it'd be harder with mm-hmm. that, but yeah, you know, it probably does happen in somewhere or not, you know. Um, yeah, I'm not sure really, but, uh, I know what yeah. you're saying. Well, I, you know, it's, I know that, you know, cause, uh, we were doing, you know, the mentorship thing for a while with your, with your work. Yeah. And, um, and I know for you, it's like, you always felt like you're trying to get better and you felt like your skills just kept deteriorating over time because of this, you know, because, because for, for people listen to the first episode. This is the first episode because Dan was like, you know, really amazing illustrator, representational artist, you know, and um, 
uh, and when you, after the, 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 the tumor and everything, you didn't have, you weren't able to do that. You couldn't, you couldn't do it. Like your right. brain couldn't reproduce it. But yeah. for me, and it's easy for me to say outside, but it's totally like an objective viewpoint. But for me, you know, you, you put the time in way back when you, you put a lot of time in, you, you were painting models, you knew color, you knew all this stuff, you knew airbrushing and you were already kind of like <clears throat> a fully formed artist already. And to me, this, this has been less about your skills deteriorating and more like a, uh, your circumstances changing how you paint. You know, you could look at it right. as deterioration. I can't do it. So, uh, you know, I'm trying something new. But to me, it's like documenting. It's a change because you, yeah. you have to look at each each phase of your, your work as as just a different phase, like an artist who goes through a different phase. You know, it's like it's, right. it's like if you, um, I don't know, if someone like Frazetta uh, uh, lost had that stroke and he couldn't paint with his right hand. So right. he started painting with his left and his paintings looked a little bit different, but they were still badass. you know, it's like, right. you know, but there, but it was different and you can kind of tell. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's how I, I think it's like, as you know, it's very interesting to see your whole yeah. body of work spread out like that. It just sees how yeah. it's changed because you know, it was, uh, so I guess it's just a different way of looking at it. You know, I know you want to, you would like to be able to paint that really representational type of work, but yeah. Well, I, I mean, I definitely more into surreal than representational, and so the stuff I'm doing now is somewhat surreal. Mm -hmm. But I've always like since we started talking, um, it's like I always wanted to have that. Uh, you know, I didn't want to lose. Okay, things are becoming more and more abstract. Mm -hmm. planes, you know, abstract. And I felt like uh, these were um, like I wanted to be able to at least keep real lighting for right. something that makes mm -hmm. it makes it still alive or could be kind of thing. Right. And, and so, so much of the stuff I've done lately, I feel like it's like something that I love. I think it looks great the way it is, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it's not a finished painting. Right. Um, and, uh, I, um, and also like I start my paintings with a lot of just shit all over the place. And one of, one of the worst things with my left hand coordination that, that the heart, one of the hardest things that bothers me was, uh, you know, it's like my, my favorite method to start a painting takes two hands and. Oh, really? I what, can't. what, what is that? Decalcomania, which is when you press like two pieces oh, of okay. things together. Right. But the thing is, most people, which, you know, nothing against it, but depending on the thickness of what you're laying down and stuff, if you press two things together, you're always going to get some like really interesting patterns. Mm -hmm. And if it's thick paint, you'll get um, like textures and stuff in there too. But I like to really, man I used to manipulate in the thinner, like saran wrap works right fast, mm -hmm. but it's also hard to work with you know? yeah but uh but i would like pick up the corners and like kind of oh, okay get like waves and then turn it as i'm going and you know just like so you get these like really weird things mm -hmm. um 
to kind of help compensate for when I was unable to do that. I took a Vanessa Lemons class through the like outline class, uh, abstract mark making and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love her work and I had kind of wanted to take the class before. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, um, no, I don't want not that my work would ever be compared with hers, but I just didn't want to feel like I'm already influenced with her work. I didn't want to feel like it's, you know, yeah. it's becoming my work or something, you know, so I kind of resisted, but then after I couldn't do that anymore, I'm like, you know what, a couple more, you know, spills in the, tr- you know, in the toolbox isn't going to hurt wherever they come from. And yeah. she, actually I got more, some of the insight she gave me, I got more out of like uh, one Well, the two biggest things that she helped me with is <clears throat> stop being so precious with your art. Mm-hmm. Like get to a point where it's like, okay, I like it so much as it is. I don't want to fucking touch it. Yeah. That's, that's, and, that's a and, killer, man. Yeah. Or there'll be like, even just like a little corner that came out great. A little piece of it that I don't, so I'm trying to work it in yeah, and yeah. around it. And, like just stop being so precious with it and do it. You Definitely. Know? And so that that kind of like, it, I need to hear that. Although I still got some pieces of too precious. Oh my god, But the other thing, and I'm still having a hard time with this. But she helped me. Like I never know when a piece is finished. And part of that, I think, is especially now because I'm working on. Um, like I said, I wanted to do more things with form and things and i'm using that mm-hmm. so things are becoming more and more abstract which is making um which is not the direction i want to go i want to be able to keep as much form and stuff in there which mm-hmm. you could do with with color and lighting and you know so many different things and i'm starting to lose that aspect of it which is like you know making it harder for me to say okay yeah this one is done right um, yeah but right. but i have but I have finished quite a few. Um, some of them are like, I wouldn't have called them finished a year ago or yeah. two years ago, but, but I like the way they look. And yeah, just at this point, that's why, you know, if I like the way they look, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, don't want to say that because I, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> that's, I, that's what matters. I don't want to overwork things. Yeah. 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 It's just like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's more of a philosophical perspective, I guess, but like, you know, uh, it's like, I would like to be able to paint a certain way. And I just like, I could maybe teach myself to paint because I see other artists. I'm like, man, I wish I could paint like that. And I maybe could, if I put all this time and effort into it, but my, you know, I, I paint the way I paint because that's kind of naturally how I paint. And I, and I like that. Right. And so, you know, as your brain gets weird and you lose certain capabilities or things just change, it's like, I don't know. I I just feel like it's, you know, again, easy for me to say armchair philosopher or whatever, but it's like, (laughs) it's, I, to me, it's like, instead of seeing it as, as I'm losing my abilities, it's like, you know, you're just like go playing to your strengths. And if that means taking yeah. you somewhere that you were never interested in going like abstract, it's like, yeah. try that's, that's an adventure, 
you know, that's, it, yeah. it's, it could be this kind of incredible artistic journey, you know, cause I know a lot, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of times when I, I've painted things that like, I don't know, commissions or illustration jobs or whatever that I just was, uh, even in effects, you know, sculptures and stuff I, I didn't want to do. It's like, ah, oh, this is boring. I don't want to do it. Sometimes those are like, you do them and you're like, oh, wow, that's, it, it, they become rewarding in ways that you'd never expected, you know? So I, th I think that's a good, I think it's a good thing to kind of just play to your strengths yeah. and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying and <clears throat> agree to an extent. I, <laughs> I'm sure it's frustrating. My is, it's like, yeah. I mean, over the course of 11 years, um, it's like, it's harder and harder because it keeps, keeps going down mm -hmm. per se than up or at least for what I'm looking for. Right. And I don't mind, like, like there's a lot of abstract work I love mm -hmm. and, but I love like when people are able to real loosely or abstractly paint stuff that looks like something very realistic. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and that's kind of where I, was briefly at one point and mm -hmm. you know and it's like uh, drifting more out of it but so like i said i'm do what i can and yeah i mean and if you're having fun that's yeah that's what that's matters is, like, you know yeah i mean i get frustrated sometimes when i'm painting because like i said i can't even tell warm and cool at this point mm -hmm. sometimes anyways <laughs> and uh it gets frustrating and then it's like you know what just relax because you know next brush stroke and I'm like wow that looks great you yeah, know, like, I love it. yeah <laughs> exactly and, but that's there. but that's like that's how it is for every artist you know right you know over yeah. in general it's it's like you know it's not always easy to paint what you want and things end up kind of being what they want to be right you know for the the painting, yeah. it's like, it's, just, it's, it's, again, it's purely philosophical, psychological. And it's like, uh, uh, just a way of looking at it. But you know, the, you know, the way I'm always talking about, like the painting dictates what it wants to be. Yeah. It's absolutely. like, it's like an interesting thought experiment. They call it these days well, uh, to, to yeah. just kind of view it as like, you know what? abstract art wants to be expressed through you right now or the kind of art your work you're doing that's the kind of art that mm -hmm. wants to be expressed through you it's like you don't get yeah. to always pick the kind of art that wants to be expressed through you it's like you just yeah. have to serve it the best that you can you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah absolutely and and i mean that's kind of all i have left <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, uh, so um yeah but, I, I, I like it too. I think the stuff, I mean, again, I, well, I've only thanks. seen a couple, but I was like, damn, these are cool, man. I really like those yeah. paintings. Like really, they're super cool. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. No. Um, but, uh, yeah. So like I said, I, I still know how to hold a paintbrush. And, uh, I, one thing that my doctors told me not to stand. So could I stand at my easel? Oh, okay. And, um, I find I get a lot more just, well, one, when I'm not, I focus in too much on an area where when I'm standing, yeah. I'm stepping back and I, I constantly, I don't even 
it's just subconscious. I'm stepping back constantly and yeah, and that, and when I'm working like, you know, on this and, and I still paint upright. I like flat, I distorts things and yeah, stuff yeah. more than I need to at this point. So do you <laughs> sit distorted enough? Do you, the, so are you well, sitting more? Gonna, well, I'm sitting more, but I fucking hate it. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's things about it that are a little easier and it, it's nice to have the break, but and my easel is great because I can paint sitting, standing, right. whatever, but it's it, to set it up for, for sitting and the setup for standing are kind of a little different. And, and I have to, I mean, it's not that difficult, but at the same time, it's painting has to yeah. go through the motions and changing things around. But, uh, my, um, like my brushes, I have, here. So mm-hmm. I keep them horizontally. My brushes never see mineral spirits, um, and uh, and I keep them horizontal. And like when I'm painting, with I end up stacking all my easel or my paintings on the shelf of my easel. And I'm, not my painting, my paint brushes, and mm-hmm. constantly knocking them off and they're flinging through the yeah. air. They were hanging. <laughs> so, so so it's like I I like having everything there. My uh, here's my pallets right there and and it's also the height like when i'm sitting the height of my cabaret so my so it's kind of like i have to reach up oh yeah and that and that. so it's uh but it is you know um because i've had you know just more more of the medical shit yeah kind of fucking with my legs and stuff so yeah i don't uh you know i'm sure standing constantly isn't great but it's also because my desk is also stand oh really <laughs> so <it's> like, yeah <laughs> so yeah so it's like uh i went from standing constantly and laying in bed for a whole year <laughs> so right. the atrophy and stuff and then plus these other issues i'm having so it's like um, it is good to kind of break it up so, so that's but, cool uh, I was yeah. going to say, if you, if you do have to sit and you want that benefit of being able to step back, because that to me, that's the biggest benefit of standing and painting is that you just could step back easily to get a better picture, but, mm-hmm. you know, get a, get a chair with wheels on it, you know, so you can yeah. kind of wheel back to get yeah. a wider look. See, yeah. I got to be really careful though, because I've fallen out of a few chairs lately. So. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's on my advice <laughs> uh, i was looking at the chairs i was at the physical therapy and they got like those massage chairs uh-huh. the ones that they roll around and there's there's no arms on them they're just like a place for your ass and that's basically <laughs> it and i'm like that would work really good if i can like but i know i'd fall out of it like yeah first, before i even got down to it you know yeah <laughs> yeah Wow. Yeah, I got it, but but it's wood floors in here, so my chair does slide back. I it's probably not doing good for the wood floors, but it is easy to slide back. Yeah, put some tennis balls yeah. on the bottom of the the chair legs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> to match to match my walk, <laughs> just so you don't scuff it. Yeah, that's wow. a good idea. <laughs> I think there's prettier looking. Uh, Things you could put at the bottom of your chair legs. Yeah. Tennis balls. (laughs) 
people use tennis balls because they work. I remember my mother-in-law had a walker and it's like, okay, it works. Yeah. I get it. It's like, I always wondered why tennis balls. It's like, it right. doesn't scuff the floor up. Works like a charm. Yeah. And it, and it slides when you're walking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I asked the guy when I first, when I first went to physical therapy with the walker. I'm like, well, what, you know, you just tear through these things. Like if you're walking on the sidewalk or something, you're like, yeah, you just change them around. Yeah. They're cheap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rhonda plays tennis. So we got oh, to <laughs> the tennis balls around here. So it's great. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. We, uh, are we out of time? I mean, we've been. Yeah. Really... Yeah. I, I, well, I was going to ask you, how do you feel? Cause I know that I imagine. I you, feel, you... I feel fine. And uh, yeah. so I wouldn't mind talking about painting techniques, music, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, but tell me, tell me, um, how often are you painting now? I paint pretty much every day if I'm, if we're home and I'm, I mean, I don't really go out much. One, COVID's kind of really picking up again, so yeah, I'm weary of that. Um, I I like to just be able to start in the morning and paint until I'm too tired to go anymore. But I got so many fucking physical therapy and doctor appointments and stuff, which are thinning out. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a real pain in the ass in my head. The hyperbarics because those were three hour appointments, right? But, uh, so everything else I have is. An hour, but I have to have Rhonda drive me there, which makes me feel guilty. And I know it's yeah. don't want to get into all the, you know, stuff I talk to my therapist about. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> save that for another Zoom call. But <laughs> that's right. But you know, um, but no, she's she's good about all that. So, um, but she's also, you know, she had to quit her job, so she's spending a lot of time looking for another job too, which, you know, is yeah. not necessarily an easy thing. Really. Yeah. You know, but then she, it either needs to be real close or from home. I mean, from home would be ideal. Yeah. Um, especially with my appointments, but my appointments are definitely thinning down a lot. And I'm, my plan is to be able to walk pretty. I'm hoping by March 1st, I'm able to walk to, physical therapy on my own. Hmm. I mean, the hardest part of it is going to be just our, my driveway. My driveway is like, you know, you need a four wheel drive truck to get up. Oh, uh, you get one of those just, steep, steep driveways. Yeah. It's super dry. It's super steep. And it's like the bottom was concrete and is all just freaking fractured to hell. And then the top half turns into gravel. Yeah. Like I have recently, I've gone up it using the Walker and then I'm like, okay, I mean, use my cane and with the cane, it was a lot easier, but, um, so, so I can go, I know I, now that I know I can go up and it's like the connected, it's like a big oval that's on a slant. Um, so, so I can, uh, I'm sure I can come down from the top side too, cause it's not, it's treacherous, mm. but I could probably walk up from the bottom or it should be soon. And once I do that, then, you know, I can get, you know, just walk around and stuff on my own, which would be nice. Um, yeah. And uh, and then to be able to walk to physical therapy, that's just like, because even though it's five-minute drive each way, but then it's like, okay, 45 minutes later, calling her, okay, now come back and get me. Yeah, so right. It's like, 
you know, it's like you can't that 45 yeah. minutes is really not enough time. And yeah, you know, you know shit goes, it's like time. Time is such a crazy concept. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. I have, I have no recollection of time and stuff. It's like my, my main brain now is like, you know, those old uh, mail, those old post offices, some of them still have it where there's just like a wall of this really cool looking ornate, um, like they're peel boxes, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I feel like my, all the memories of my brain have been put on a little piece of paper and stuck in all those boxes and the boxes open up and, some of those fly out and just disappear. Wow. Some of them land in another box. Yeah. Some of my memories are like intertwined. So it's like, Oh wow. You, you know, this one will join this one and turn into a story. And then that one will, you know, so right. it's like, and some of it's stuff that just happened last week. It's like, like it's constant state of confusion. Wow. <laughs> well, what, uh, uh your toes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are your dreams? Like, have your dreams changed a lot? during all of this process? Yeah, um, definitely. It, I'm definitely dreaming a little more. And I think a lot of that is just because I'm sleeping a little more uh-huh. when I, I, cause I, I don't know. I don't remember my dreams very well, but I've had some pretty fucked up ones lately. Um, and when I was in the hospital, it, it was just crazy, especially the night that come out. It's the first, first time I got surgery. I was so badly, like I was seeing so much stuff and like everywhere I looked, there was something else. And and I'm looking for, I'm like, I need to write. I I can't write. I can't see. Um, I can't even read my own writing, but freaking just normal. It's like, um, okay, I get my phone and I can type it into the app or um, speak it into the, I, I couldn't find the, couldn't find the different apps All right and then i found the memo app and i couldn't type and you know it was just like it was just a fucking train wreck wow and uh, uh and so i spent a lot of time when i went to the hyperbaric chambers like sketching and stuff but mm. it, I, I was not like i see stuff and i'm like I, I see it and it's like right there and it's so so close and and it's like okay and I'll look at it and I'll look at it and I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm gonna, I don't want to, I'm not going to forget this one in the morning. So I know. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, basically as if I was like life drawing or playing. No way. Really? It's like, I'm like, feel like I'm getting it all. And then when I, then I'll fall back to sleep and I'll wake up and it's like just vague little. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But some of this stuff is like pretty concrete visual. You know, and, uh, are you are you seeing yeah, nice. hallucinations? Hey, Lincoln? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> are you seeing like weird hallucinations still? Because I know that they, you know when it yeah, first happened, you see, were seeing all kinds of crazy stuff. You told me. Yeah. Do you ever see any stuff um, now? I, <clears throat> yeah. Um. Not. Not as bad. Um. Like I know one time I just I the last. I mean, a couple times in the past month, like Ron always goes to bed pretty early compared to me. So I'll be at my easel working and um, 
like I'll feel her like right next to me watching me. Wow. And um, just last night I was talking to her about it and I, and I told her, I said, yeah, you were right there with, you know, I, I knew you were, I knew you were in bed sleeping, but, but you were right there with me. And I said, you're wearing your red pajamas with the, and she's like, I don't have those pajamas anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> but what you were wearing them. I said, what'd you wear last night? She's like, I wore that. <laughs> and then she's like, but I'm like, there's a pair of she, I'm like, she's like, I know exactly the pair you're talking about, but I don't have them anymore. I'm like, wow. Oh, well, you were visiting me from the other time dimension <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So there, yeah. I mean, those are, those are good ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, the idea that like time is, there's that idea that time is, everything's happened and is, ha it's like every time is like a thing and then we move through it. So we only yeah. experience a bit at a time as we move through it. And so it's like, you know, maybe you're experiencing time yeah. out of time. Time warp. <laughs> yeah, time yeah. warp, seriously. It's these stacks or something. Yeah. Move the little If you know, you know. They change time and stuff with different <laughs> colors on different stuff. If you know, you know, and you have to be old to know that. So I'm not gonna give it no one's only me and well, you wait a, minute, didn't, a couple other people are gonna know what you're talking about. But didn't they make a fucking movie of that stupid ass show? Yeah, but I didn't I worked on it. I I didn't that see was, the movie. That was but... the Land of Lost was the last movie I worked on in FX. But I never saw the movie, yeah. so I don't know if they yeah. stuck to the I, uh, time crystals yeah. thing. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that since I was like a little kid. <laughs> I hadn't thought saying. that until just now, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I totally forgot. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of amazing, um, there, uh, well, I was, two things just crossed my brain at the same time. Both amazing. <laughs> Two amazing things. The Cancel one. each other out. Well, actually, the one is just too not worth getting into. Um, now, I don't know. Now the pressure's on. It gets worse when yeah. the pressure's on. That's how it is for me. As soon as I realize I forgot <laughs> something, it's like, oh, I have to remember. Uh, this is maybe, <laughs> as I'm telling this, totally mundane worthless bit of information, but uh, maybe it'll come to me. One thing that's really fucking weird now is uh, when I drink something cold, and I used to be able to take like big glass of water, ice cold, just you know, and mm -hmm. you know, two, three in a row. And now if I drink water that's not even ice cold, it's just like, well, our tap water now, because the groundwater is so cold. Our tap water is pretty cold, but even just like you know, I don't know, or whatever I'm drinking, but just, I get these, like, like some of the worst brain freezes. Oh, had no, really? Just from some, just from drinking, like, the half a cup of, or somebody gives me a glass of ice water, it can only take, like, full sips at a time, like, it's a gin and tonic or something. Wow. And <laughs> that like, sucks, man. It's just weird, and I'm just like, yeah, it's like. So do you have to drink stuff kind of warm? Do you have to like warm things? I don't drink it warm, but just room temperature. I mean, if I have like somebody gives me a glass of ice water or something, just put a little hot water in it from the top or whatever. But um, 
and we just keep we got um, reverse osmosis water on our counter so okay. i can go room temperature so that's all over my floor right now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so 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 i i wanted to ask you um so what is now where you're at right now what is when you go to sit down and start a painting what is the process are you sketching are you do do you have an idea in mind or are you just kind of going for it and what's yeah, how do you I start pretty much um since I stopped doing the very representational things I jumped right into kind of Max Ernst's world of just put shit on and you know color you, shapes whatever are there like I'm sorry keep going sorry no go ahead no I was just wondering it's like um, how do you know what color to start with um, the tube I grabbed. No, <laughs> I, um, I, I don't know. Cause it, well, one thing I, I do know, and this is another thing that Vanessa, um, taught me in her class was, and by the way, I think she's got another class coming up soon. It's oh. be, um, at the, they're online. They're really, yeah. Vanessa's one I took was awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's at the, or through the Los Angeles Academy of Figurative Art, I think it is, or something like that. Mm -hmm. LA. But anyways, um, she was just like, you know, try different color, like, because I get really stuck in a pretty, very high chroma, mm -hmm. um, you know, rut, where everything is just, you know, well, this is, is probably a very good example of how like the colors I use often are very, they're dark, but mm -hmm, right. not show up in this light, but they're yeah. dark, but they're also like King Crimson. Yeah. Or not King Crimson. <laughs> the Wizard <and> Crimson. <laughs> <laughs> the king of all colors. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that most people aren't going to get. But. Yeah. <laughs> Are you prog heads out there? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but a and crimson, ultramarine. Um, I use and I love Gamblin's uh, um, their series of and these ones aren't they can be depending on how you use them, but they're not as um, as bright and chroma, um, chromatic, whatever the word would be there. Um, but uh, they um. What is it? Uh, they're transparent earth colors. Oh, okay. They're, have you ever used them? I don't think you should, so. You should check them out. They're they're beautiful colors, mm. and they're they're very transparent. But they're I don't know if they're. I mean, they call them. I'm not really sure why they call them their earth color because they're, they're. I don't think there's any way they can make them out of out of you know earth actually um, yeah. pigments. Yeah, yeah. Know? But because uh, they're just so, you know, unless they got some additive, but I don't think that's the case. Uh, but they're they're awesome. They got a it's like a red, yellow. Well, you know what? That one I showed you that you really liked. Mm -hmm. um, I think I could be wrong because I started this long time ago. But so this was the one, mm -hmm. and I think that's the um, their earth um they're transparent earth 
were orange. Mm. So they got like an orange, yellow, a red. And I think there's one other one. Those don't sound like earth colors. Yeah, well, transparent earth orange. Okay, I see. Uh, earth red. Sounds like a marketing. Red, yellow. Marketing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it works. They also have a color called brown pink, which I they just sent me a sample to. I got. I have some way of that. back. Yeah, and that's that's very very similar to, um, to the that color I just showed you. Okay, I think that's one it's close to. But, um, okay. but yeah, I um, also I was saying that like Vanessa said, tried different color palettes. So I've been a couple things I played around with, and then I've just been as I'm looking at the stuff I'm doing. I think I'm putting too bright of colors. Um, just, I don't know. I think I, not that it's wrong. I just think I need to, it might be easier for my brain to kind of gray it subdo out. it a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when I'm having a hard time with forms and cools. Yeah. It's like if you have really intense colors trying to figure out like, you know, right. like, you know, <laughs> Um, you know, crimson and ultramarine blue. But what I, another color I love is, uh, which I always have in my palette, and I probably use it as much or sometimes more than ultramarine is Payne's gray. Yeah, it's almost the same. It's almost the same color, but it's like not as intense. Yeah, like that F one, uh, the other one you really like. This whole thing is Payne's gray. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, super that cool. That kind of reminds me of some of the graphite paintings and stuff I was doing, which... Yeah, that's like. awesome, man. Yeah, I, and, I, I've i yeah. been using Payne's Gray, uh, I don't know, the last few years. Like, I never used Payne's Gray, and everyone was always like, Payne's Gray is amazing, you got to use it. And just for 15 years or whatever, I never used it. And then I finally tried it, I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. I get it. <laughs> I see the light. <clears throat> so now I, I love Payne's gray. I, I have it always on my palette, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the, that's, there's a few constants on my palette and that's definitely one of them. It's like a less strong blue almost. Like, yeah, a, like I, said, I think it, it's almost like if you just kind of grade, added a little black and white, I maybe white, but just like a, Ivory black, just a touch of that to ultramarine or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, you would, I mean, it would be a transparent white or something. Yeah. uh, I love it. Especially when you mix it with white. I really like when you mix it with white. It gets just such a cool kind of like grayish blue. Yeah. That doesn't look, it's, it's, it's not like sky blue. It's like a muted grayed out pale blue it's cool it's great so yeah i'm sure most people use it because it's it's you know a pretty popular color but if you're an oil painter and you haven't tried Payne's gray don't make the mistake that i did and wait for 15 years (laughs) try it out (laughs) because i swear by it now another asphaltum you ever use that yeah i you yeah i used to use that when i was first painting and um i stopped using it because of the the uh they say it's not archival or it's not light fast but i think the asphaltum now that they make is probably like 
yeah, it's fake asphaltum. It's not the actual asphaltum that that isn't yeah. light fast. Yeah, you know? actual asphaltum they use in like sign. You know, it's like they'll when they do the glass, correct glass signs and stuff. Oh yeah, that they want to keep clean for lettering. They put asphaltum down, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's almost like tar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> trippy asphalt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly I, 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 I like that color though. It's it's like this kind of it's almost yeah, like I like burnt umber that's not as strong but with some black in it or something, if I remember yeah, correctly. And transparent. It's yeah, and transparent. transparent. <clears throat> and it's not like as orangey or yellowy as the, the umber colors like raw umber or burnt umber. Right. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I was going to tell you too, it's like, so my painting, the way, or the way I paint and do, we're trying to get into more of this. I know we've been talking mm-hmm. a while, but, and okay, cool. Um, so like I, I'm sure a lot of other people paint this way. Um, and it seems kind of crazy And there every night when I'm going to clean my brushes, I feel like I'm crazy. <laughs> because of it but uh no i i almost use like a brush a different brush for every color that i'm painting with mm-hmm. and i mix you know, i use a palette knife to mix my colors and then um <clears throat> but uh and i don't i like like i i don't have the luxury or i have the luxury of not having to worry about deadlines at this point so mm-hmm. i don't need the accelerators and I like that really long open window. So the only medium that I ever use, well, I, there's two I use at all. And 90% of the time, if I'm using medium, it's, it's uh, just refined linseed oil. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I do, the only other one I use is Gamsol and I'll, um, you know, use, and I only use that for my back, you know, when I'm doing my, backgrounds and splashes yeah, and that's always like that. for for that <clears throat> yeah. just to get thin yeah. wash in you know right um so that's the that's like like i don't you know i don't like at the at the end of the night even i don't use the, the spirits for you know the other men or spirits whatever for cleaning the brushes and in that um i will if it's like if I'm gonna pick up the next day, I won't leave like my soft mops or fan brushes and some of the more delicate brushes. I won't leave them out. I'll take them wash with soap and water. Um, but uh, but it's like so I use these, you know, and I'm like all of a sudden I got like nine or ten hand, you know, brushes in my hands and mm-hmm. piling up. But, yeah. But it's like you know, and like I said, it's like. It's not, I know like a lot of like classical painters would do that where it's like, okay, put one color here, one color that's, you know, or the steps and then have a clean brush to blend them. And, yeah. you know, I'm not definitely doing that with it, but I guess in a way I am kind of, I do blend on the canvas because I got that long mm-hmm. window of time that's open in that. But, uh, um, so how long I, said, I, I feel like, like it's crazy when it's like, oh god, I got twelve brushes. Yeah, I you know every time I, in the morning. 
Yeah, you can't see it, but I got some brushes. I got some here and I yeah. got some back there because I have holders. I have these makeup brush holders I got on Amazon. And I uh, <clears throat> I'm, I hate washing my brushes, so I use that brush, this brush dip from um, Geneva, which yeah. is that it's it's like a, you know. It, Clove oil. Clove oil and lavender oil or something, a little bit of, yeah. or uh, yeah, yeah. Some weird mixture yeah, of think, it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just dip them. I wipe the paint out. And I usually kind of, I shouldn't, but I always do. Not always. Um, kind of use mineral spirits, just get some of the paint out. And then I dip them and I just leave them in the handles. And it's like, you know, they just build up. I'm Because I'm not, I'm the opposite of you when it comes to paint. It's like, I'll just kind of like, whatever feels like the type of brush I need, I'll just grab it and start using it. And wipe the paint out and keep painting and i'm not you know i i make my colors get all mixed up because i usually paint pretty grayed out unless it's something like this flower i'm going to be painting where the colors really yeah. need to be pure which is pretty mm -hmm. rare for me to paint like that but most of my stuff's all muddy anyway so yeah. if the paint gets in yeah, I used to, it doesn't bug me really yeah. yeah i used to paint mud palette and that but i've been trying to paint more um you know, my backgrounds and that are definitely, yeah. Well, some of them I do pretty monotone in that, but, um, but, uh, what I was going to, well, two things I was going to say there is like, uh, so I keep my brushes, not when I'm, well, even while I'm working and when I can stand and work, I, I can do this, but I see this here, probably I got my brush holder. So, it's got a little tip to it, like Geneva tells you to do, you know. So, oh, did like you make it? Stuff. Um, a friend of mine, I just drew it out. And he oh, cool. It up for me. Yeah, I want to make because yeah. mine don't have so, that angle to them. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, so it's like when I wash, when I do wash them with soap and water or whatever, um, it's a slight angle this way until it's completely dry, and then once it's dry, I'll put it in. That way, yeah, that's smart. Nothing's gonna go in it, and I know what's clean or what's. Able that's to a good. That's good. With and that. Yeah, and uh, have to develop a system that works for my brain. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, but like I said, I mean, you know, what, in the smaller, especially cheaper ones, like I'll, um, those I'll just if I'm gonna be painting the next day, um, I wipe them out. And then I'll just dip them in um, the the linseed oil and and uh, put them in an angle on the palette. So yeah, on the glass palette, but the, you know, and they're small, so it's like I don't have to worry about. And now I wouldn't do that with like a liner brush or something, mm -hmm. where it's going to bend the yeah, bend the, the but you know, it's a little flat brush or whatever. And uh, and else they. Yeah, I could paint it on the next day or probably even the day after or whatever. Hmm. Too. So, but, how, uh, how long do your does your uh, do your painting stay wet with the linseed oil? The way you paint, um, it well depends on the, the color for one thing. But, yeah, uh, I usually have. Well, I always have at least 
a dozen paintings going at once, you know, mm. at some stage. And some I don't like that gray one or the one I showed you. It's all paint gray. I I have no I have no recollection of doing the background. You know, it started with an abstract background on that. Yeah, that changed somewhat, but not that much. I don't even remember fucking doing it. Like, mm. but uh, um, and I just opened up one of my drawers and it was there. Um, and I try to keep as much stuff on my wall or visible as I can so I remember what's there. But it is kind of nice finding surprises too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, I'm like, oh, this will go good on it. Uh, but once I start working on something like this, I um, was screwing out, and this has several layers on it because that makes a big difference too. Yeah. So it's it's mostly. So the the areas that are the heaviest. Oh, that's cool. But like, mm-hmm. yeah. So this, uh, like, this one dries. There's some areas that are. This dries pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It's like really, you know. And sometimes I oil out my paintings, but I try not to because it's too much oil in there. Yeah. But if it's like, or you know, for like this one. I think when I was painting around there, I just, uh, instead of oiling out, I just oiled out that one little section and then the areas mm-hmm. around it to help it just all kind of blend yeah. together or whatever. Yeah. You or, can, you know, just like, like if you want super wipe it off, oil it out. Yeah. And then really kind of yeah, wipe, definitely. get the oil off. That I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what is, so, so you're, is it like generally a cup, a few days to dry? Um, generally I, there's been some paintings that like if it was on the other thing too, is the surface that I paint. Okay. Like if I'm painting in gesso, even after a couple of coats, it seems like it's more absorbent. And I shouldn't say more absorbent, but it seems like after a couple of coats, it dries faster. Mm. Whereas like when I paint on, I usually paint on panels, like I'll do ACM panels and just paint scuff it up with sandpaper oh. and paint directly on the panels. Mm. That's my favorite way to do it. All oh. I guess large yeah. blending. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, if I, so if I'm not doing that, I use like an oil-based um, ground, mm-hmm. like gambling. Not to be a gambling salesman here, but yeah, <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of gambling <laughs> stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's just their oil paint, um, primer or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah. I get some of that. But, um, yeah. So, and that, that's, that's, I mean, I hate having, uh, to use, you know, I don't like using that stuff in our house, even though I know it's not toxic or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I try to just like, I'm sure you, you know, do a lot more than me at the streamline stuff it's like okay today i'm just priming panels yeah you know it's like a pain in the ass but it's like get the belt or the palm sander out yeah yeah too and it's like that shit but um but to go back to your original question so if i'm painting on a panel that isn't doesn't have any primer on there and let's say i oiled it out that morning and wipe I, even when i do the oil out i still i think you're supposed to you know, wipe it down mm. and once it absorbs in. And uh, at that point, depending on the colors and um, 
and that I've had. It's usually two days or so, but sometimes I've had things that were open for like a week. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that, it was one I picked up and I was just like, Oh, it's still wet. Fuck, you know? And then the next day I went to it and I started painting. It was a little bit wet, but I'm like, it's like fine for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the best, best days of paintings ever. It was just like that, where that, where the brushes, where the paint's coming off the brush and that perfectly smooth yeah. watery way. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. It's totally like a geek over here. <laughs> <laughs> the art nerd. Nerd, nerd, painting you know. nerd We're yeah proud I, of it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah i haven't switched to linseed oil yet i've been doing more no medium that's what i've been doing mostly because yeah. I, I do like the way the paint um feels and blends with that just straight out of the tube you know mix them yeah and maybe a little bit of liquid if i need it but the problem is <laughs> For this, I got this big painting here, and I have to do it. Like I have to start it when we're done, and and finish. I got to finish it in like two weeks maximum. That's the most I got, and then it's got to go because it's going to a show in February. So I'm probably gonna be using liquid just as a drying medium, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but. I I kind I kind of want to, you know, I want to. Uh, I keep wanting to experiment with more, you know, straight oil. More doing stuff with straight oils or using linseed oil because it's like I've only done like one painting I can think of with linseed oil as kind of a test. Yeah. And I remember at the time it's like, oh, this is kind of taking too long <laughs> to dry. Yeah. For me, but um, <clears throat> on the other hand, I did the um. I bought a set of the um, Geneva paints, the slow drying that stay open for like two weeks, I think. Yeah. A, or a week or a, a week it's or two. And they're kind of self self leveling and they're just a different. Yeah. Interesting paint. Do and, they have that? Do they have that clove lavender smell to them at all? Like the brush dip does? I, I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so. Okay. Maybe yeah. they do. I'll, I didn't notice it, but yeah, I'm sorry. It, no, that's all right. It's just, uh, so I, I did a painting with it and man, I loved it. I loved the way it, but I had to paint differently than I normally paint. It was like, because it's, it was just different. It would really, it kind of made me paint less. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Well, let me draw yeah. on something that might kind of explain I know we were talking about this joke around one Friday night, um, and I said, oh, he's put clove oil and lavender, and that, you know, you never should do that because it'll, you know, ripple, you know, ripple and stuff, and it's like, oh, you can't question Mark Carter, you know, and stuff. <laughs> but it's like, then I really remembered, it's like, well, yeah, he's, he uses that brush dip, and which I used, and I was like, you know, it made me lazy, and then my brushes all started getting fucked up. Yeah, so if you leave them too long, it's like, it totally ruins them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> but um um so i'm back to where i was but uh the clove oil in that um i that's how you know the brush dip works and i which makes me think because i know his medium is very fat and i'm wondering if he has some of that stuff in his paints 
Um, or, I mean, if he's using a little bit of that to slow it down even more. But a really, like, he paints only, as far as I know, he only paints in pasto. And you you always, or, I mean, you paint a lot of impasto-ish, right? Like, you're studying study stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, more a la, a la prima, you mean? Kind of like... Yeah, a la prima. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not yeah, a la prima. So... Yeah. Brain fart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Impossible. So I, I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The rest for the rest of you, Alaprim. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so I think doing things in one session, yeah, um, and having a paint designed just for that yeah. is gonna make you when trying to paint dip, using that same paint differently is probably gonna cause not necessarily problems, just a major learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's the thing is I, I, I never have time. I never seem to have time to, um, experiment, uh, cause it's, yeah, yeah. I, normally I'll try new things out on new paintings I have to do for shows or whatever. And, um, you know, with tight deadlines, you just can't something that's going to slow your work time down. If, if you're on a tight deadline, it's just like, you can't do it. Like yeah. I would kind of like to yeah. try that paint for this painting. But it's yeah. no no way it's not going to happen. <laughs> so I got this thing. Yeah, be. just try try linseed for the first time. Because it's like you know, um, it's drying, then it's photographing at the photographers, then it's getting framed, and then it goes to the gallery. So it's like you got to have like a week at least in between your when you finish the thing to the to where it's going to show, and a week is cutting it because it, you know. Getting it photographed yeah, and getting it framed. Oh, varnish. That's the other thing. Dry. Then you got to varnish yeah. it, let it dry enough to send it off to the photographer. Then you got to set, have it picked up and go to the framer. You got to pick it up, take it to the gallery. So it's like easily a week, a week or two weeks is a little more comfortable. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Three weeks be a little more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not today. <laughs> but, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's pushing it. But yeah, definitely. I mean, I love linseed oil. And if you cut linseed oil, like at any point, like about 50 50, because, like, you know, uh, the um, gamsaw will yeah speed up and accelerate. So if you mix the two together, that's a pretty good medium that's yeah. in between. It's medium. It's in between. Yeah. But um, <laughs> a medium, medium. It's a, yeah. Um, and I've played around, like I, I did a whole bunch of studies and checked like how much things like made a chart of different colors and how much they yellowed and stuff with the different mediums over the course of a year or two. And I, I made a couple combinations of things and I just went back to, I just used linseed oil, which I found a, is a lot more archival if you just have one type of medium and mm -hmm. not, like fucking around in each layers of different ones. Yeah. But, uh, and two, it's like, you know, it's fat over lean. So it's like I, the paintings I'm doing that I know are going to have more than three or four layers. And you know, I mean, the top layer is usually super, super thin or whatever. Yeah. But if I'm going to be doing that many layers to try to do a very, like I'll add more, mineral spirits to the um, 
like for my first layer, maybe even a little bit less, but for a second layer. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, I like, I don't like having too much mineral spirits in there. And, uh, but I also don't want to just put, you know, lean over fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of fat over lean. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> but, uh, have you watched the uh, natural? Uh, what are they called? The Rub, the, the company, the company that does Rub, uh, Rublev paints, natural pigments. Yeah. On yeah. YouTube, they have really cool because they're like <clears throat> they're all very like traditional. They only make traditional oil paints. They don't have any like weird new colors. It's all right. You know stuff. That's that, basically. Well, no, uh, mostly, mostly, but but they but yeah. they have like ultramarine blue, and they have stuff. Yeah, the, it's not the super modern stuff. They have stuff that's yeah. fairly yeah. modern, but so yeah. But they have a, a YouTube channel, <clears throat> and um, I've been watching a lot of their videos, and um, they have really cool paint demos. They just talk about one color. You know, like they'll or cadmiums, they'll do like cadmiums and they'll talk about uh, what they're good for and they kind of like show mixing or they'll show like different whites, lead white versus titanium. And it's it's pretty good. Yeah. You could do a whole book on cadmiums. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> like, there's, oh, there's like four different. Or there, you know, seven different cadmium, yeah, yellows, lights, <laughs> mediums. Yeah. This, have you ever seen this color? It's a, it's a cadmium color, chartreuse. No. It's um. That's kind of like lemon yellow or something. Well, it's it's very very intense, like all cadmiums, but it's uh, it's got a greenish tint. I mean, it's kind of like the the core chartreuse, but not quite as uh, clear. <laughs> you know, it's opaque, but it's uh, it's an interesting color, and it's not a color I would use a lot unless it was just a painting with mostly that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I did try it recently, and on uh, so like one of the challenges Vanessa gave me to break out of my my rut is you know try different color palettes so it's like mm. okay, you know i want to throw a little of that on my palette it's just like oh, what's this <laughs> this doesn't this doesn't belong here yeah yeah i remember uh, man i, I used to exercise yeah i used to buy um the uh, weird colors it's like especially in the first early years you just buy you didn't i didn't know what the hell i was doing so i'd buy oh that looks like a cool color that looks like a cool color just buy all these weird colors and now i have like a ton of paint but yeah when i go to order paint it's like okay am i out of ivory black am i out of um titanium white am i out of lead white am i out of yellow ochre alizarin permanent alizarin um ultramarine this uh, Vis- uh vasari raw umber i really like burnt umber i've just added burnt sienna and you know, high roll red. Yeah. But it's like yeah. I, I, I have like kind of my palette is sort of set. Um, yeah, I unless I'm doing something special, and I had to like dig out all these weird colors for this 
kind of purpley pink for this flower that I never paint with. And so I'm like, okay, I got, I found like the, uh, whatever you say, quinacridone, magenta and, uh, some manganese violet and stuff, you know? So I, I have a shit ton of colors that I wouldn't have except for back when, you know, Gamma and Desert Tour Gray. And mm-hmm. I think, oh, they still do, but they, so they used to do a comp, annual competition every time it came out. You know, they had a little online comp, um, competition and I placed in there one year. So I got like a, I don't remember if it was $250 or maybe more than that of, gambling products just they sent me the catalog and said have at it oh cool kind of thing. <clears throat> and so i'm buying I'm, i look at my drawer i'm like how the fuck did i get that color from? Oh, i know, you know? It's like i got so many like of those colors of, it's, it's like one of it's like oh it's because it's so expensive and i figured <laughs> well hey now's the time to get it but it's like i don't know if i'll ever use cerulean blue yeah, I mean, yeah. i'm not doing you know i'm not painting freaking plein air landscapes and stuff so <laughs> Um, so, so, but uh, and for the price of that, I could have probably got three other colors. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you I what though, cerulean blue. Sean Barber, I think it was. Sean Barber told me a good f- flesh tone of cerulean blue and cadmium orange. I think that's what he said. Or a flesh tone, like a Caucasian okay, flesh tone. Good. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be good. And then the the, the shadow start. color was a lizard crimson and olive green. I think. I think that's kind of what he he was general, at least at the time he was messing yeah. with. So you could yeah. use that cerulean blue. Oh no. Yeah. Never mind. It was manganese blue. You're stuck with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little manganese. I, now this, I mean, it's a beautiful color, but it's a series six, which I think I don't know if they charge it, but like I said, the um, I, I'm like, oh well, you know what? I always liked the color, and have used it a couple of times on uh, like when I was playing air painting and mm. friend of mine had had some. He's like, hey, you want to try? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to try it. So you know, it's it's great for playing air painting and skies and stuff. I should really go through. Speaking of- all my colors and just like pick out the ones I haven't Purge. used in a year. Put them in another you know area. Too? They only last. Even in oil colors, they have like a 10-year really? shelf life where they start getting... Yeah, because I... It's funny. I contacted Gamblin to see about like storing sideways, storing upside down or right side up because I hear like the oils rise. Mm-hmm. It's better to you know, and so I'm like, what do you recommend? And they're like, yeah, it's better to, it's best to hang them upside down. Upside down, or I don't know which one you would call up, but uh, open side. So I guess if you mm-hmm. do that, because the oils are going to rise to here. Oh, that makes sense. Here, and you can, yeah, that makes sense. It's not, they're not going to be dripping out. Yeah, but yeah. But you have to clip it. And then hanging on a hook or whatever. Hmm. Um, and he said, if you can't do that, then laying them on their side is a lot better than you know, storing them this way. Okay. Um, but uh, I asked him because my 
a lot of my paintings were starting well i had a pretty new one from them that was like kind of oozing and that and they replaced it actually which i didn't expect them to have to do i was mm. just letting them know but, but i asked them like storing wise like what's best and they're like well they'll last you know they'll last you a good 10 years if you you know keep them up you know in that position and stuff and uh and i realized some of my colors are starting to get like really heavy heavier than i like to use and uh like thicker and mm. uh and they said, yeah, it's okay, about 10 years. And then I realized, okay, it was 10 years ago that I won <laughs> that contest. So all these paints are 10 years old. And they're all going to freaking die. We have to crash and burn at the same time. I th- you know, I think it, ma- it depends on the pigment also. I think certain oh, yeah. pigments yeah. get funky and thick. But but I've got some paints from like, man, I bet you they're from the 70s. I bet you they're from, yeah. the, I got from Lisa's stuff you got from grandmother oh, okay who was a painter after she died she gave they gave me all her paints and i did some of my first paintings with those and some of those are like yeah. brands that i don't even think exist anymore yeah. it's weird i've got some really old ones that that do still work yeah but, they uh, seem to work it's just like you know and then you know the pigment definitely like our earth colors usually aren't gonna yeah you know last for as long but uh but yeah Going back to my technique and stuff too, I haven't done it, but I've been thinking about if I can get my head wrapped around representational, somewhat of a representational stuff, mm. um, is do like an underpainting in umber or you know whatever, and then um, and then start doing my like more abstract yeah. splatters and shit over mm-hmm. top of that. And see if that does anything for me. But, yeah. Because uh, I, you know, it's fucked up my brain the way it doesn't work or works or whatever you want to call it. I, um, it's like I've, there's shapes that I know I used to draw all the time, like, like twisty things and stuff like that. And I just can't, they, I, I lose my mind trying it. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to trace them. So I took some of my old drawings and trace them and uh and even that i was like having a hard time hmm. it's like you know or taking then i'm like well okay maybe maybe if i try something real um you know and it's like you know so some of the simpler shapes and stuff i can kind of get a grasp at but it's just weird things yeah like, i live in an abstract world what can i say <laughs> when i after my after my first surgery in 2013, the first thing I, when I finally felt good enough um, to get out, you know, I was under radiation and chemo still at the time, but I felt like I was having a good day. And I took my box easel and went in the front yard. It was a really pretty sky, and it's the first oil painting I got. Oh, wow. It, that's after the surgery, so. That's nice. But uh, I... I'm like, hey, but I've been want, I would love to go up to mounts here, and but I'm not hauling shit up there. Yeah. Now, you know, I well, now you can't get up there because it's all frozen. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but in the summertime, it's just so beautiful out there. It's yeah. Be fun to do plain airs right out there, but yeah, I was never huge. Nope. You froze. Oh, there you go. You're frozen for a second. What were you saying? You're never, you're never huge into plain air. 
I was, I, I, yeah, I was never huge into it, but I love doing it. It's like so good for, you know, especially if you got buildings and stuff. Yeah. The, the perspectives and it's just such a good, just like drawing from life. Oh, no. There's nothing, nothing, you know, you can get every picture of nude online at all the different places, that, you know, from in circle ones or whatever. And unless you're in this fucking room, it's the model standing there. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Yeah. You know? oh. yeah. Yeah. I definitely would like to, I don't think I've ever done plain air painting. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think I ever have done it. I want to say I have, I have like a, seems like I may have at one point, but I don't, I can't recollect any painting. I can't, I don't have a painting where I did it. So I don't think I ever did it. I know I painted outside before, but it was just painting outside. (laughs) I wasn't painting something for reference. (laughs) I just was set up outside. Yeah, we used to, it was, when I worked with WDI, um, we and and uh, we would go to the in Epcot World Showcase. They have like you know each little section is a different country, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's cool. It's like you know one every Friday morning we would meet right like before sunrise, so you get shit you know because what you want is that golden hour when yeah. it just hits. So yeah, you know you just kind of do your quick get everything. In, in its place and then it's like then the sun comes in you start painting the light and uh and we used to do that you know i mean they're they tried to do it every friday but it's like of course it's like depending on your schedule and stuff if you can make it or the weather you know that kind of thing but um yeah. that's where i did most of it i i mean when i when i travel i bring a sketchbook anywhere so i got a bunch of like inside cathedrals or whatever mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, just a little or a bell tower with a bus parked in front of it you know yeah yeah <laughs> every every drawing i was doing it's good there, to paint that stuff you know it's good practice to paint that stuff and it's cool you know yeah. like james gurney does that it's amazing plain air of right. just random buildings or trees or gumball machine gumball yeah just incredible <laughs> so yeah I wish I could paint like that, but I'm not willing to go and set up and paint a gumball machine. Yeah. <laughs> out of time. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, be nice. too, it's like, yeah, like you said, you got your, your schedule of stuff that you know, you're always on the edge. So yeah. It's a little harder. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I can, uh, I, I mean, I miss teaching. That was, you know, what I, what I could do now, I around is like you should go ahead and try setting up some classes and stuff. I'm like, like what do I have to fucking offer now? But uh, I used yeah, to, you know, I used to do a. Um, That's right. Yeah, you were teaching. I taught for you know, taught for Badger, and I taught some classes with the Imagineers. They would do like team building. Yeah, you know, I'd go in and you know and uh, do you know paint whatever. Um, you know, it was usually like the figurative stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Did some other stuff with them, and um, you know, it was, I, I I enjoy the hell out of it. But uh, well, but I think uh, those days are gone. But now you yeah, got your, you got plenty of other stuff to go. Yeah, you got your studio. You you've got you know yep. given yep. permission to just paint as much as you want. 
you know, that's pretty great. Yeah. No I think, deadlines. For I think if I survive things. too long, that that rule might change. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got to start taking the trash out now. <laughs> that's all the way up the hill. <laughs> But um, <laughs> no, I I told her I'm like I'm like thank you so much. It's like you know most precious gift or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah, it's so I, cool. If I do live longer and it gets to the point where it's like all right, I gotta start pulling around weight, <laughs> which I probably will naturally be doing by like if I get to the point where I can safely go in the kitchen, mm-hmm. safely make dinner, I'll do it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, you'd want yeah, to if you could, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like right now, I can't even fucking clean the dish, clear the table because I can't walk and carry anything. Yeah, right. Time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, a lot of it's out of, this, out of just reality. Mm-hmm. But, but still, you know. But, uh, yeah, and that's too. And I told my therapist that, um, you know, I went into pal- pal- palliative, palliative care. And have a uh, do not resuscitate order and you know various other things. And then before I said I want to do that because I'm like in a way that's selfish. It's all about me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I don't want to have to suffer anymore. So you know, but is it? You know, so yeah. I was talking to my therapist and and I told her. You know, Rhonda was just like, no, I. That's she's like, I don't want to be. That's totally up to you. You do what you want with that i and i was just like are you sure and she's like yeah and uh my therapist is like that's really unusual usually people are like no no they want to hold on so right and uh want to give that up and uh i was changing subject here a bit but uh like, i was so worried about like the, the legacy you like you know kind of thing i'm like i want to have a, i always wanted to have a solo show and i've had a lot of shows and bars or whatever mm. or, or um i was featured artists at quite a few bigger shows and stuff in various galleries but um i never did and then i'm kind of like or i would ultimately it would be great if i had one in a collection that i knew was going to be like displayed somewhere so i always had this piece and then in the course of like a week after talking around about that I've had had like three or four people tell me how much like my work inspired them and, mm. and things like that. And uh and I'm like, you know what? That's my fucking legacy. Yeah. Having a tangible you know, that's that's ego at legacy. Totally. Having something tangible, you know. Yeah. But to be able to just like but the influence I've been on my kids who have turned out to be wonderful young adults and mm-hmm. starting their yeah. careers and you know i mean that's my legacy yeah and uh, so definitely if people see my artwork and are inspired all the more for it but yeah yeah if and- it ends because i was like i don't want to i don't want to see like my shit in a fucking bin at um you know at uh good goodwill or something yeah like yeah that, you know? But uh, unless Wayne White gets it or something, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. So, but but then I'm just like, you know what? Um, yeah, like it's just that's just ego. So yeah, pass that. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 uh, 
you know, um, that, that's the important legacy is, is your family yeah. getting, and also yeah. giving the artwork to your family, passing that down to them. It's like, who gives a shit about Which all, is a all... pain in the ass. Yeah. 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 I know. <laughs> trying I know. to figure out who to give what to is like, well, I mean, there's some that are like, definitely like, okay, yeah, let's go in there. Figure it and out. I let my kids just, I let my kids just pick what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Ron to pick what she wanted. But the rest is like, I'm like, I've been writing names on the back of things as I come to, you know, but there's, there's stuff that I'm like, I don't know anybody who's going to fucking hang this shit. In their yeah. House. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I put it in dark shows and nobody would fucking, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I even asked my little brother. I'm like, you know, I mean, my a couple of my nephews, you know, there's specific things. My sister asked for something specific, and, you know, and then there's like my one nephew came in and he saw something that uh, and a dimensional diorama things, that mm-hmm. and he just. You know, so it's like, you know what, it's going to him. So it's, yeah, he didn't ask for anything else. Like it's just the reaction that was enough. So that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Things like that. But, uh, but I still got a stack of shit that. Well, at least you don't have giant paintings like my dad had. He's got yeah. all these like big paintings and it's like, there's too many. It's like, I don't even know mm-hmm. what we're going to do with them. It's like, I can't keep them. She can't keep them. You know, we're trying to figure it out. So, you know, you should figure you should figure it out. You know, <laughs> figure it out, make it yeah. easier on everybody. Because it was like, it was yeah. a big problem for us. With, with you know, my family mm-hmm. caused problems. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I've got, I've got one big one, and it's on fucking plywood to top it off. So, <laughs> so it's, uh, but it's it, it wasn't finished, and I had. The sketch everything else ready but that's when things went downhill so yeah i'm just like you know it's gonna sit in a state of and i actually the backgrounds and stuff i told my daughter and i told Rhonda, it's like if anybody comes in i'm gonna fucking pick up the brush the paints they're all right there just take take good care of it and if it's something that's unfinished you know finish it or put your touch on it or whatever so, yeah so there are going to be some pieces like that that are laying around that are, you know, like, I mean, not that anybody's going to be killing each other for my, <laughs> any of my pieces or anything, but I, I know some are liked more than others. So, yeah, but the kids mostly took those. <laughs> That's good. Good. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm like, a, yeah, keeping the family, family heirlooms. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, well, but- we're it's we're we're getting to the point where we're gonna uh yeah. I have to start painting. I have to start working today. Yeah. yeah. It was a long one. Long episode. Yeah. yeah. It's Hopefully good. Talk like I'm on speed or something here. No. <laughs> like no. I was, when I was on that walk of the uh I got out of surgery and they gave me the steroids. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't know steroids made you hyper. <laughs> Oh my god, that was freaking I was all over the place. <laughs> Tweaker Dan. But <laughs> it wasn't so much the steroids as the infected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, yeah. yeah thanks. Deal. Thanks for thanks for coming on, man. And and and. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's great. And um, hopefully, I'm here for another. We could do a. I know. Right. You know, that way, yeah. Another four or five years, whatever. But we can do another check-in. But uh, if I'm not here, people, um, I hope you enjoy what I've left behind and, uh, and I'm going to be all good. So don't, uh, you know, don't, don't cry for me. I've had a good life. Yeah. So, you know, right. but, uh, that's awesome. Say, cheesy, but that's great. So that's great. It's, it's a uh, very but cool, I guess cool of you to do that, you know, and yeah. share that. Yeah. And one thing, that we all need to be reminded of whether you're sick or not is take things day by day and don't take anything for granted. It's, you know, enjoy things while you can. Yeah. Which also sounds cliche. It's true though, man. Yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah. Love you, brother. Love you too. Thanks for um, sharing that with us. And, um, and yeah, I'm hoping we're going to be able to do this again. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I don't, I, I don't, cool. tr- I don't, I don't, I don't trust. Yeah, I, you're, you're Dan the Miracle Man. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't trust any of those yeah, diagnoses. I'm going to break through. Yeah, I'm going to break through because these meds are that I'm on now are kind of they're taking their starting to take their toll, and I'm I need to break past that so I can make my march. March one, yeah, and yeah. Then I'll figure out where I'm going from there. Yeah, right. So, then he's got to set a new goal. Keep his goal set. But, <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, thanks again. Yeah, and thank you. I know. Goodbye, audience. <laughs> Goodbye, audience. <laughs> Don't forget your dollar for a week or one month. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Join the Patreon. Come on. All right. Goodbye, everybody. All right. Take care.